And welcome back to another edition of Bleeding Green, Bears, Burgers, and Bearcat Football. I'm your host, Matt Daniel. So excited to bring you this special 2023 signing day episode for the Bearcats. It's an exciting time of year, and, you know, for a couple of different reasons. And honestly, that's why I wanted to do something special for signing day. I, I thought about it in the offseason. I was really kind of mulling it around during last season, trying to think, okay, you know, how, how am I going to do this? Right. I always have to kind of outdo myself a little bit at some point. I won't be able to do that. But anyway, I thought it would be really neat to hear from some current recruits, right? Guys that haven't even been on Northwest campus yet. And they're, they're still high school students, but it's such an exciting time. One for us fans, right? Which is the perspective I bring to this podcast is, um, you know, there's kind of a couple of big days in the offseason when we don't have a lot of Northwest football to talk about. One signing day, and the second is spring football, which will be, you know, coming up here in a couple of months. Don't worry, we'll be covering that in detail once that uh, once that gets a little bit closer and happens. But I thought, how cool would it be, you know, that this type of year, and I'm gonna say this a lot probably over the course <laughs> over the course of this podcast, about the potential. Right. It's all kind of untapped potential at this point. You know, we get excited and it's interesting how signing day has changed just over the course of myself being a Northwest fan the last 20 plus years is, you know, you know, before YouTube, you're not going to see highlights of guys. You know, maybe you you'd catch somebody in the local news, something like that. I don't know. You know, you you more look at the guy's stats. Right. And and, uh, you know, nowadays when you know, players are making their own highlight packages via huddle and sharing them on social media. You know, that that's one of the fun things the past couple of signing days that I've had Twitter, I guess, because I guess I'm relatively new to Twitter. I've only had Twitter for a couple, three years. And so, um, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of interesting to get to see these guys highlights and all of these different plays. And, and also as, you know, guys are kind of, you kind of get to see the whole recruiting process, um, and, and it's, I don't know, it's really interesting to see what other schools are, are offering and, and different things. It's kind of fun. And, uh, I don't know, it gives us something to kind of focus on <laughs> in the off season. So if, if you've been following my personal or the, um, the, the podcast Twitter page underscore bleeding underscore green, um, you know, you, you'll notice that, well, I've been retweeting and sharing a lot of stuff of guys have been committing and things. So, so, uh, that's always fun. And it's such a great time for these young men, for their families. You know, it's kind of a culmination of all of their hard work thus far. And we don't know, you know, as fans, like we don't know which one of these guys, you know, who are going to be the standout guys, you know, who are going to be um, the guys that, that are contributors maybe this fall, probably not. Um, but I mean, as a possibility, look at Jay Harris last year. I don't think anybody saw, uh, at least on signing day, I didn't you know, what a big part of the offense he was going to be and kind of the bell cow running back that he became kind of towards the tail end of the season. Um, so who knows, you know, is, is there a guy in this year's class that's that, um, you know, but not just now, you know, look three, four, five years down the road. So many of these guys were red shirt. It's, it's interesting to see, you know, and you don't get to see the, you know, how good is a signing class? Well, you don't know for three, four, five years down the road. But it's always kind of fun. You know, it is. You, you can go on BearcatSports.com. You can look up, you know, the, the signing class, uh, you know, signing 
um, signing day and, and the recruiting class of some of the guys, you know, that just graduated or the guys that are going to be seniors this year. Eh, it's kind of fun to do that. That's kind of neat to see, you know, who all is part of, um, you know, those classes and, and who made it kind of, you know, who didn't. And uh, I don't know that that's just kind of the, the exciting thing, but, but a big episode coming up for you, uh, defensive back special teams, coach and recruiting coordinator, Brandon Clayton, BC coach Clayton's going to be joining me here on, uh, on this episode of bleeding green. Also kind of starting what uh, in, in the following in the footsteps of what Tucker Peeve, I had him on for this exact episode last year. Of course, he's on to bigger and better things. And uh, Will Walker took over after the Lincoln game as the director of equipment operations. And he's he's a uh, you know Maryville kid, spoofound state title winning quarterback from back in 2017. That's exciting. He's the he's uh, he's my guest this week as well. So I didn't have a chance to have him on during the season. I definitely wanted to wanted to do that again. John Dykstra from the from the uh, Maryville Forum will be joining me as well. Who had a great. Um, you know, had a, had a really great article. If, if you check it out, Maryville Forum, I, I subscribe. It's not a ton of money to do it for a year. I think it's absolutely worth it for the Bearcat coverage, if, if nothing else, especially if you're not in Maryville. But he had a, a great where He had kind of a quote from each one of the coaches on their coaches show on KXCV last week, which unfortunately, due to some work scheduling, I wasn't able to catch. So it was kind of a great, um, as a great recap, a little bit, uh, for me. And so that, that was really cool. Um, of course you can see the, the signing class bios, all that stuff at bearcatsports.com. If you really want to look at it, I assume if you're really into this sort of thing, you probably looked at it by now. So that's kind of why I'm not going to go through and read each individual name, but I am really excited to have, uh, you know, some of this year's recruits, um, Hayden J quarterback from mill Valley, uh, Langdon kitchen, defensive line, uh, lineman from a uh, Western high school, Maximo Filione from uh, Park Hill, receiver. Uh, Ethan Stewart, linebacker from Gretna, Nebraska. And Pierce Wand, of course, son of Seth Wand, offensive lineman from uh, from down in Park Hill. So so that's that's pretty exciting stuff. And so uh, I'm so excited to bring this episode to you. And uh, and hopefully you enjoy it. You know, and if uh, every everything's time stamped in the description, I always try to do that. I know that's probably especially important. Now there's maybe you're new to bleeding green. If you are welcome, thank you so much for, uh, for joining me and, and, uh, and being part of this thing. So let's take a time out. We'll come back. I want to talk to coach Clayton. That's next here on bleeding green. back here on bleeding green talking now with the defensive back special teams coach as well as the recruiting coordinator for the bearcats and former bearcat cornerback uh, brandon clayton and uh, coach thanks so much for taking some time and, and coming on uh, bleeding green with me thank you i appreciate you having me and hopefully we can have a good conversation today yeah i think so well it's, it's always kind of a fun time this is a time for kind of you know there's endless possibilities the you know, it's it's something for us fans <laughs> that we don't get a lot of a lot of football that kind of tides us over maybe a little bit till spring football and and uh, but I, I want to kind of take a step back to of course it's exciting for the kids it's exciting for you guys but I want to take a step back to to uh, your recruiting process you know as we're thinking about you know signing day and all of this stuff do you do you kind of remember what 
your recruiting process uh, was like back in the day? Yeah, I didn't didn't have much of a of a signing day, not one at all. Um, I I was a walk on, and I didn't figure out where I was going to to the to the middle of the summer. Um, during my my senior year of high school, I had a, a dislocated my knee and missed the second half of the season, so I missed um, missed some valuable time in recruiting. Recruiting wasn't as sped up as it is now back then. Um, so I really didn't have anything coming out of my senior year and really had to play the waiting game. And at the time, Coach Scott Boswick um, was recruiting the St. Louis area. One of my other good friends that played on the team with me in high school was coming to Northwest. And my coach was a Northwest alum. Um, and he really stuck his neck out there for me and um, and they helped get me here. So once the summer get here and I still had nowhere to go and Coach Boswick seemed like the only team to really be interested in. I took visits to Northwest. I took one to Emporia. I took one to Central and nothing really happened. And then, like I said, Coach Bostick really stuck with me, uh, gave me an opportunity to come up and the rest is history. Well, and we'll, we'll talk about that too. That That's interesting because there's always, you know, I know there's, you know, it's kind of the network of, of recruiting and all this when you have, you know, former, former Bearcats and things where you know, Coach Bostwick could reach out, or maybe he could reach out to Coach, Bo- Coach Bostwick. How much do you guys still kind of rely on that sort of thing now, where you have relationships with coaches, or or maybe a coach is a former Bearcat, something like that, reaches out to you and says, "Hey, I got this kid. I'd like you to take a look at that sort of thing." Yeah, all the time. Um, and that's one thing we were talking about yesterday uh, with Coach Wright is make sure we hit up all of our former alums, whether they GA'd here, played here, or, or been coaching here, and they're coaching high school ball somewhere, um, and just kind of keep that network going. Um, if they got players, if they got, if they want to come to camp, and um, it all starts there, you know what I mean, when we talk about family, it's just make sure we keep in contact with those guys, and because they know our program, they know, you know, what type of kids we're looking for, and the type of kids that are going to be successful here. Well, and you know, I know there's that. There's camps. I mean, yeah, I'm sure there's players that that even reach out as well. I mean, are those all kind of tools, I guess, in your toolbox that you guys use to try to identify the right players for Northwest? Absolutely. Um, it's one huge filter, um, if that makes sense. You know, each coach is going to have their area um, that they're going to go out and turn over every stone and rock to try to find the best players they can find. Um, and then that's going to be brought into, you know, getting them out to the position coach specifically and letting the position position coach evaluate them. Um, and then it's, you know, the coordinator. And then it's about, then once we set that initial mark, it's about relationships um, and figuring out who fits us. You know, you dig into the backgrounds and the family history. You dig into um, the academic piece of it because that's important, the character. Uh, what does this coach have to say about him? You know, how is he with his teammates? Uh, how does he perform at camps, um, getting into the high schools and seeing them? I mean, it's all of that relationship piece and getting a feel for who's going to be successful beyond just watching the film initially. Well, right. And, and that's the thing, right? That's the family. That's the Bearcat way. There's all these things that where guys fit in. It's not just about identifying a guy that's good. Probably everybody that you guys recruit uh, or, or take a look at is good, but it's more identifying kind of who who fits into to what what the Bearcats are. Oh, absolutely. Because um, not everybody you know, is not going to be successful here. You know what I mean? And you know, I try to tell kids up front, like, hey, if you want to go somewhere and, and play football and have fun and, and you want a big city, then the Northwest probably isn't a place. Our, our kids are going to have fun and they're going to have a good time in college. Um, but football is serious here um, and the expectations are, are real here. Um, and we expect to win. And there's a lot that goes into winning and preparing 
um, whether it be in the summers or whether it be during the season and the extra time and work that you got to put in. Um, you know, that's that's not for everybody. You know, our kids make a sacrifice you know, when everybody's gone in the summer that they're going to be here all summer um, and they're going to get a job and, and they're going to work and they're going to do workouts. and They're going to put in extra work to get better at their craft for football. And they're going to take a class and they're going to have job. I mean, they, they're going to do that. And so they're going to give up their summers for four years. Um, and that's that's important. Um, but they also know that's what it's taking to be successful um, at this place and why we've been winning a lot of football games. And that started way before I even got here. Well, and, and how much too do you guys look at one, the program they come from and, and, and if, if the kids had a lot of success, right. As we'll see when, you know, as fans, as, as the list comes out and there's kind of a little bio about each player, this guy, you know, won X many state championships or they're, you know, competing for district titles or playing for state championships is, is, you know, is is that something that comes into it too? Is 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 this guy a, a winner? Yeah, absolutely. I think if you can get kids that come from winning programs, um, they understand what it be what it takes to be successful, um, and surround them with other kids in your program or other kids in that class that have had that same makeup. Um, I think that can be very powerful when you get into games or you get into workouts. They just know how to push. Um, and work because they've been through it and it's no matter what level you're at it's not easy to win a state championship or a national championship or anything um, no great accomplishment comes without some hard work and some adversity so getting kids that have been through that and fought through that um, and when you get in big games and big moments they know how to respond well what are some of the specific attributes that you guys are looking for I mean, i'm assuming it changes obviously position by position but let's just talk about the defensive backfield you know when you're kind of looking and, and evaluating guys and looking at guys maybe you want to offer or, or uh or recruit hard see if you can get them to come to northwest are there certain attributes and things that you're looking for i think the first thing is just um you know for me is do they love football are they willing to be a student of the game um is this something they're just doing because they're a good athlete in high school and they're having success at it or is this something they really want to put time and energy um and have a love and a passion for it um to me that that's most importantly because um in the defensive backfield i mean that's going to take a lot of film study uh, especially what, what we do as a defense and i need kids that are going to want to come in and, and watch film they're going to want to go out on their own and work on their craft they're going to want to be leaders and be vocal and and that overall care factor uh, that that's important to me as far as physical uh, obviously you want kids that can run um that's something um, that you really can't teach. Um, you've got to have the athletic ability to, to run um, and cover and also the physicality piece um, because the game is played so much now in space and on the perimeter. You've got to have defensive backs that can get off blocks, tackle, um, and want to support. Um, obviously, they get scholarships to cover people first and foremost, but um, all those other things are intangibles that – um, I want to see when I turn on the film, hey, does he have long speed to be able to recover? Um, does he show physicality and support in the run game? Um, and can he cover um, will be the three things physically. But above all else, it's going to be the little things that have made. When I look back at guys that have been successful, Kevin Bird, uh, Jack Richards recently, um, not too too long ago, um, even Miles Burnside's. Um, guys like that, they have all the other intangibles. Um, so even if they aren't the most athletic, which those guys are at the same time, but that makes up for a lot of things um, that people don't see. 
Well, and what about versatility? I mean, f- across all the positions, I mean, h- how much of that if, well, you know, we think this guy slots in here, but maybe he could, you know, if that doesn't work out, we could move and do a different group. I mean, we see that, you know, we've seen that over the years with certain Bearcat players. I mean, is that is that play into it as well? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, obviously, when you go recruiting, you want to recruit kids that can run and you want to recruit um, length um, and big kids um, because those can be interchangeable. And there's been a lot of times where we've had defensive linemen not work out and they move over to O-line or we've had guys switch from uh, from skill positions. For me, in the secondary, I like guys that can play corner or safety um, a lot of times. And obviously, you want a true safety because a corner isn't going to run the alley and support the run like a safety will. And uh, safety isn't going to cover like a corner will. So you need some specific. But the more guys I can get that can play either or, that allows me to put the best player on the field and allows us to be versatile and allows us to do a number of different things defensively. Well, kind of looking overall at, at this year's class, I mean, what? How do you like this year's class? Are you guys pretty happy with with uh, you know who you're who you're able to get in? Yes, absolutely. I think we um, I think we won specifically on the line of scrimmage and then in my double A and in the playoffs. I think that's where you've really got to be good. And I know Coach Wright's loss. You think about two years ago, we lost um, Sam Roberts. Um, a big defensive lineman and, and another one. So we lost two that year. And then we lose three this year. Zach Howard, Elijah Walker. Um, so we've really had to get do a really good job on the D line. And that's obviously been a big component of our football team. The heart of it um, is our ability to defend the run, get after the quarterback and be really good on defense. So I feel like we did a great job um, on the defensive line and just getting a lot of good, really good players. Um, secondary, I think we did really well. Offensive line, um, our, our running back um, receivers, I think we got a really good group um, there as well. So with some speed and some athletic ability and some versatility there, some kids that can play on the outside, some kids that can play in a slot. Um, so I think we did a really good job all all around throughout our class. You're even look at our quarterback, that kid's won four state titles. So he's a winner. It was one of the things we were talking about earlier, having kids for winning programs that can be successful because um, they're going to know what it takes when you get in crucial moments or just how to battle through things. Well, in, in this year's class, you know, it's always interesting to see where where guys are from, where, you know, in last year's class, there, there were a lot of kids from Florida, and, and Coach talked about that. This year was was pretty Midwest heavy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what was that on purpose? Does it just kind of de- – do you guys care where the kids come from, just where you identify them? Not really. Like I say, every, um, every coach has their area, um, and then we kind of provide – you know what I mean? Every coach provides – you know, his kids to the position coach. So at the end of the day, you know, I mean, we're trying to find the best kids that we can find. So for example, if I recruit the St. Louis area and I got a really good DB, but there's six other coaches that are out recruiting. So if they find a kid that's better, then we're going to go with that kid. So it's really, um, cyclical and how it works some years we're going to be big in iowa nebraska some years we might have more kids from st louis or missouri in general um some years we might go into florida and really fine if we're really looking heavy at some positions um so it, it is all over and i think northwest has done a good job of or we've done a good job is you know as things have gone and really recruiting's changed um it's easy for kids to access you you know what i mean or with twitter and just with camps and stuff like that. So it's easier to have more access to people um, and kids and resources, things like that. So we try to find the best players we can find amongst our areas. I don't think we focus too much on just one spot each year. 
Well, and and that's where I'm kind of interested in this with with your you know you being the recruiting coordinator. How how much did COVID and then you know kind of the way that the portal is set up now does that does that make it more difficult on you guys or or do you think does it make it is it easier or is it more of a challenge? Um, the portal, excuse me, the COVID. Um, I think we're rolling through. I believe those kids are juniors or sophomores and juniors and that's third or fourth year here so we still feel in the effects of that in terms of just roster size which is why i think you see uh sign 32 kids and you see some other schools maybe north of 40 and things like that so uh, we still have some of those kids on the roster which i think really speaks to our culture um, and being able to keep kids the portal really hasn't affected us in terms of kids leaving um this Coach Churchman started a long time ago. You know, we're going to do it the right way with class, with character, with good kids. We're going to get high school kids. We're going to develop them, and we're going to build in our program. So you only saw us sign three transfers, um, two of them tight ends, which we lost the kid early, Cohen, bro, so we needed some some depth there. And then one kid in the secondary because um, we're really young there, and we felt like we needed um, to add some, some experience in that room as well to kind of help us going forward. But other than that, you'll see it with high school kids and – you know, if we can find a portal kid here or there that we feel like can really solidify a need to help put us over the top, then great. Um, but, you know, I mean, that's that's kind of Northwest. And I think that's really been the key piece to having the culture and the family atmosphere that we have. Well, let's talk a little bit about the the specifically the defensive backs that were recruited this year. You talked about transfers, the the tight ends, and then one is, is a defensive back, Austin McKinney from mm-hmm. Saddleback College. Tell me a little bit, bit about him. Um, Austin, the first, first things first, great kid. Um, everybody I've talked to, you know, from him coming out of Saddleback, his position coach and his defensive coordinator, uh, speaks to the intensity that he plays with, um, speaks to, um, his love for football. Um, he's the type of kid that'll be in your office before you get there, just waiting, um, wants to know the why about things and just really wants to understand the game. Um, he's got a high ceiling, um, explosive athlete. He can jump, he can run. Um, I think you'll see that on this film. He likes to play downhill and, and hit people. Um, so I think those things is what he's going to bring to us. Um, multi-sport athlete in high school, basketball and track kid um, was at Saginaw at first. Um, things didn't work out there and then kind of bounced back. Um, you know what I mean? Figured out a lot of things with his grades, uh, went through Saddleback, went through that whole process. So he's been through it. Um, and even right now, he's off to a great start here academically. Um, and working out and stuff. And I think he's going to be a huge help for us some way, somehow. Well, and, and speaking of, of Florida, the one Florida sign, he happens to be the cousin of Sean Bain, former Bearcat receiver, Caleb mm-hmm. Bradley. And, and uh, you know, so that's kind of neat. I mean, you, you know, we talk about, obviously you see, you know, sons like a, like a Pierce wand and different things. We see that. And, and another family member of a, of a uh, former Bearcat. Yeah, I'm excited about him. Sean actually reached out to me about him, but I that's one where I went down to Sarasota a year ago and was just looking for kids around the spring. Yeah. Um, and it was looking and doing my, my due diligence and uh, went by Sarasota High School and he was one of the kids we found and kind of stayed in touch with. Um, every The thing that stuck out about him was everybody in that school likes that kid and appreciates that kid from teachers, um, coaches, um other students on campus he was team captain um and the people around her that are willing to help him out um and see him be successful so that really meant a lot you know coach vouch really highly for his character in that piece he's a multi-sport kid because he's a track kid as well 
Um, he can really run. He's, I think his upside is through the roof. He hasn't scratched the surface um, of being, you know, really technical at the corner position or the, wherever he ends up playing in the secondary. He could play safety too because he's done that in high school. Um, he can do it in the return game. I and mean, then you watch him on kickoff. You watch him run down and hit people on kickoff on his highlight film. So you're talking about a football player that can do it all of it. You know, I mean, he can really run too. He's physical. Well, and another defensive back out of uh, Rock Island, Davenport, Iowa, Cameron Figs. Tell me a little bit about him. Yeah, um, as I was saying yesterday, his dad, okay, played for Coach Wright and Coach Sturdy when they were at Ambrose together. So um, really cool the story there to get him. Uh, kid with really good length in terms of his arms um, and size. Um, versatile. He had a huge jump from his junior to his senior year. Had some FCS interest early. Uh, multi-sport athlete, basketball player as well. So just an athletic kid. And I, I like basketball players because they're playing defense, they're sliding their feet, they're standing in front of people. So that's, I think a lot of that translates um, over to when you start playing defensive back in a way. Um, so I think his upside is really good and excited to get him in our program and see where he can go. Well, and then, you know, you talk about multi-sport athletes and things. There's another, and there's so many guys, John Pargo Jr. from Omaha is another guy who's, who's a multi-sport athlete as well. Yeah, he was um, a really good wrestler. I think he was in the middle of the season um, and, and and quit wrestling. Or I should say quit wrestling, stopped um, to handle some other things this season. But really good wrestler, track kid, um, really good in the 40. He he's had some physical, but the one thing I, I like about him is his seriousness about the game. Um, he's one kid that you know I, I can tell right now that's going to prepare really well. Um, he loves football. He 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 pays attention to details within that got him on the board here and got him to talk through coverages and explain what he was thinking and what he was seeing um, on the football field was very impressed with that. Um, so excited about him. I was a really good GPA over at Creighton prep, which isn't easy. Um, so he's, he's going to be prepared to be mature. He loves the game and he's exactly what we look for in safety. Well, and then another guy, Michael Tillman, who comes from your neck of the woods over in St. Louis. Yep, St. Louis High School. He started out at uh, at Cardinal River and then transferred over to East St. Louis. And the one thing about that is, if you know East St. Louis, they they're not scared to play anybody. Um, and they, they won a state championship, but they play teams from from out of town. They played a team from over in D.C. area, St. Francis, that was really good. They went down to Georgia and played a team. Uh, when they do seven on seven, they travel and they play against any and everybody. They'll go to LSU. They'll go to Alabama. They don't care. Um, and he's got a little bit in that in them. So he he won't blink at competition. Um, obviously, he's seen really good players. He's a track kid as well, too. Um, his first year running track when he was at Cardinal River, he he they went to the state finals in a hundred um, and he was on the four by one team. That's also went to state. So a kid that can run, he's versatile as well. He's played corner. He's played safety. He's played nickel. Um, and that's, he's one of those kids that he trains for it. This is what he does. He plays on a seven on seven team. So he's got really good experience and he's going to come in ahead of the game. I think. Well, and you mentioned Hayden Jay, the quarterback who won four state titles. You also got his teammate Holden Zygman, who's a, who's a defensive back as well. Four state titles. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, between those two guys, state titles. So um, that's really – I really like Holden a lot. He came up for a junior day camp earlier in the season – excuse me, earlier in the recruiting process. Um, moves really well, really good feet, knows how to break, um, covered really well. 
So I was really impressed with him from from that day forward. And then watching this high school film, especially his senior year, you know, Mill Valley is blowing everybody out. So you watch that kid go return punts and make plays and even on defense, running the alley and doing some good things. He's been coached. Obviously, if you're coming from a program like that, you understand little things and details. Um, he's another one that was really impressive in talking through defense and coverages um, through the board, which is important for safety. So I think he's in a, in a good no good space. I think he's going to help us, and I think he's going to be a good football player here by the time it's all said and done. Awesome. Well, it's exciting. Like I said, it's exciting for the kids and you guys and their parents and us fans. It's just kind of uh, a time to exciting time to talk about all this stuff. Coach, I certainly appreciate it. I won't take any more of your time and uh, look forward to our, our, our next bit of Bearcat football, I guess, will be the spring game. Yes, sir. If you need anything, let me know. I appreciate you doing this and all your support. Hi, this is Xavier Oman, former Northwest Bearcat. You're listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. Once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat. And welcome back here on Bleeding Green. And boy, this marathon episode, I tell you what, lots of guests on this one. This is right up there with Media Day this past season with, uh, boy, as many guests as you're going to hear on one episode of, uh, of bleeding green. And you're going to get kind of some players sprinkled in throughout the episode. Of course, just heard from my chat with coach Clayton, get a couple of players, some John Dykstra, a couple of more players, Will Walker and, and as well. And right now, pleased to welcome to the podcast and to Northwest defensive lineman from Western high school, Langdon kitchen uh, Langdon, man. Thanks so much for uh, coming on bleeding green with me. Thank you so much for having me. Well, tell me a little bit about you. I mean, you're in basketball season right now, right? I, I saw on, on social media, you just passed 1,500 points and 1,000 rebounds. And so, uh, man, that's that's pretty impressive. Not only are you a heck of a football player, is is uh, um, it, what uh, what all sports do you play? I mean, is it just football and basketball? Or do, you, do you play other ones? Did you grow up playing other sports? I play football, basketball, baseball, and track. I played travel baseball and basketball. My whole life, and I stopped playing baseball last year so I could focus on track to get a little faster football and basketball and improve my footwork. Well, how I mean, that that's pretty cool. I, I just actually, when I was kind of preparing for this, and and I noticed you know, after signing day about your uh, your um, accomplishments with basketball, that's that's pretty impressive, man. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much. Well, let's uh, is football your favorite sport, or has has it did it kind of develop to that or football has been always my favorite sport i'd say i touched football probably right when i was born my dad's always had me around with football watching the chiefs games the mizzou football games to northwest to going to high school football games with my parents just to support my high school team and i just fell in love with it from the first time i watched it well and and uh you know is do you have any you know kind of looking back i know you're you know, high school career isn't totally over, but let's stick to the football field. Do you have any favorite kind of memories or plays or maybe a game or something that you, uh, that you remember fondly? That's a favorite. I have a couple. My first one would probably definitely be playing with my brother. I'll never take that for granted. That was probably my favorite of all time. And then my second would probably be getting the pick six and then dunking on the field goal post. Nice. Was that, was that, was that this year? Or? Yeah, that was this year. It was on the highlight reel they posted on signing day. It was the first pick. Nice. So is your brother younger than you, older than you? 
Uh, he's a sophomore in high school. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool to get to. So, so being a good athlete must run in your family then, huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> well, uh, so tell me about you on the football field. Obviously, you're you know you're coming in as a as a defensive lineman. That's got to be pretty exciting. Thinking about working with Coach Ride and his track record with with defensive linemen. Um, is that what you've always played? If you you play on both sides of the ball, kind of throughout high school. Yeah, in high school I played middle linebacker, and then I played my freshman year I played middle linebacker, and then sophomore, junior, and senior year I played D end, and then. On offense, I played left tackle for the first three years, and then this year I moved to tight end. Is is uh, is there somebody like on? The, if we're talking about you as as kind of a D end, is there somebody that you uh, model your game after, or like a s- certain player that you kind of look up to? I'd say I watch a lot of Aaron Donald and Chris Jones. Chris Jones has a height and weight of my type of play I like to do, and. Aaron Donald, he's just a beast, and he knows what to do, and he knows his footwork, and he's so good with his hands. I'd love to do that. Well, so what? What do you think your? What are your strengths on on the football field? I feel like my strengths are my size. I feel like I have pretty good hands, and I'm pretty fast off the ball for my size. And I feel like I can overpower a lot of people with my strength, and I just feel like I know the game a lot better than most people. So tell me about the recruiting process for you and, and why ultimately was, was Northwest uh, the right choice for you? Um, I had most of the MIAA offer me, and I had a couple like preferred walk-on for Division One. but first time I stepped on campus, I came on for a junior day visit, and I just fell in love from the first day. I felt like home. And then I came to like a league camp, and I – performed pretty well there and coach Wright offered me that night and then I came on my unofficial visit and then I came on my official visit and I just loved it loved the campus I love the family atmosphere and I just love everything about it but like home and I couldn't wait to commit until after right after the game I committed to become a Bearcat well if we kind of rewind back to your you know if we're thinking about games and maybe even before games i always like to ask this question do you are you uh, do you have any rituals are you a superstitious guy you have to wear like the same socks or anything like that before games i have to sit on the same spot on the bus i listen to the same music i play the i wear the same socks same underwear every game no matter what i eat the same thing for breakfast lunch and dinner make sure i go to bed at the same time i'm not superstitious Nice, nice. So let's talk about off the football field. What do you like to do away from away from sports, I guess? Not just football, but away from sports. Do you have any hobbies, things like that? I like to play cornhole and golf. And I like to go fishing and just mess around the farm, too. Nice. All right. Hang out with my family, too. That's probably the number one thing, hanging out with my family. Just barbecue and watching football or basketball or any sport, really. That's all, that all sounds good to me. What about education-wise? What are you? Or do you know what you're planning on majoring in at Northwest? Yes, I'll be majoring in physical education. All right, awesome. If you know, uh, you know, whenever football stops being your thing, is is coaching or teaching or something like that something you think you want to do? Coaching and teaching, definitely. I'd love to do that. All right, awesome. Well, Langdon, man, I won't take up any more of your time. Thanks so much for for uh, taking some time here, coming on the podcast, and uh, welcome to the Bearcat family. We look forward to seeing what your uh, what the future holds for you. Thank you so much.
Hey, this is former Bearcat Utility Knife Jordan Grove, and you are listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. Go Cats! And welcome back here on Bleeding Green. Very proud to be joined by newly signed wide receiver for the Bearcats, Maximo Filione, and uh, from down in Kansas City, Park Hill, and, and Maximo, man, thanks so much for taking some time and, and coming here on Bleeding Green with me. Of course, man. This is, uh, this is a lot of fun. Has it been Has it been kind of crazy? Has it kind of been – I mean, I know you, you were one that committed earlier on. It wasn't quite on, on signing day, but – has it? Uh, I know you had something at the school and things for signing day. Was it? Has it been kind of crazy for you? Yeah. So uh, we did a signing day at the school. You know, I gave a speech to uh, the crowd and basically just telling the crowd how much I, I love Northwest. And I going back to what you said earlier. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was one of the first commits in my class. Actually, I I committed in the summer right after uh, an individual camp. I did two camps up at Northwest one individual and one specialist. And, um, you know, as soon as coach 30 offered me and I took a couple of days and I pulled the trigger and committed. Well, what is it about Northwest that, that was so, I mean, I'm sure you had other schools wanting to sign you too. What, what made Northwest the perfect fit for you? Um, you know, the brotherhood that Northwest really has, it's, it's unbelievable. And the coaching staff, I, I love Coach Martin, the wide receiver coach up there. And Coach 30 really, really sees me as a playmaker and really sees me, you know, making a dent in the program and being a playmaker on Saturday. Awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit. I want to get to know you a little bit, talk to you. What I mean, you, you're a football guy, track guy now. What Did you play all kinds of sports growing up or was it? did you always know that you love, really loved football or did you play all kinds of sports growing up? Yeah, so growing up, my dad actually played semi-pro football for uh, Kansas teams, uh, Kansas Chaos, um, and I grew up around football. And actually, for a long time, I did martial arts. I'm a second-degree black belt right now. With uh, my parents own a dojo out in Gardner, Kansas, so that's pretty cool. But um, I took a, a pause in football from like first grade to maybe sixth or seventh grade, and that's when I started to pick up football again. And you know, you, you play basketball, baseball, and in, in in the midst of those, and uh, in uh in middle school i played football for my eighth grade team eighth grade uh, the parkfield vikings and uh, that's when i kind of knew like football was going to be for me you know i didn't really make a uh, huge plays my eighth grade year you know i was kind of just a for the team type of guy and then high school came around and uh i was on b team my freshman year i was like I, I played b team i didn't play our starting a team and so I started a team, I think week four, and I broke my my arm. I broke my arm trying to tackle this little guy, and he just fell right on my arm, and I broke it. And so I, I was destined to come back the next year even better, bigger, stronger, faster. So I joined a seven-on-seven team uh, called Empire. And um, my sophomore year rolled around. I'm feeling comfortable and feeling confident. And I, I break my hip week four in the practice. So I did summer camp played about four games i was on jv i was starting on jv at the time and we had a practice i ran a route and i was untouched and my my uh, muscle on my hip pulled my bone just clean apart my pelvic bone just snapped right in half because i was the force that i was moving at just snapped it right in half so um again played on empire my seven on seven team destined uh got trying to make a comeback year and and in the middle of that you know i had a we had a park hill had trouble with with coaching staff at the time so we had a new head coach roll in my junior year coach andy sims 
And um, that was the year I played a full year successfully. I had about 300 yards for 22 catches. Not what I wanted to have. It wasn't the year that I intended to have, but, you know, you get what you get. You don't throw a fit. Again, junior year, I played Empire. So it'll be my last year with Empire. Great program. They develop great athletes. Coach Sammy Parker and Coach O.J. Simpson, great coaches, great wide receiver coaches. And um, after my senior senior summer, I rolled in to fall camp looking to compete, looking to just make a damage and really try to just stat chase, like pass it, like make my stats from junior year to senior year double. And so that's what I did. I had like 723 yards for, I think, 40 catches and eight touchdowns. So that's kind of like my history of sports growing up as a kid. Nice, nice. So um, what uh, do you have any favorite games, memories from from your high school career or plays yeah, so, maybe that stand out? So my junior year, I actually had a 99-yard touchdown against Lee Summit. It was a post route I just threw by quarterback Kendrick Bell. They were right over the top, and I just caught and just we were backed up on the one. It was kind of just a lucked-out play, but, you know, I beat the DB over the top and threw it right over, man. Coverage, touchdown. And then my my senior year, I think my favorite play would be against Staley. It was just a little slant route that I racked for 70 yards, but, you know, it was just a great route, and I felt really comfortable and it was smooth in and out. And uh, it was in front of a huge stage too. So, yeah. So, so as as far as on the football field, like, what do you think your best your strengths are as a player? Uh, for sure, route running. If you watch my film, if anyone watched my film, you'd uh, you'd see that I I can route run. You know, I'm not the biggest guy, I'm not the fastest guy, but my routes are going to be clean and crisp, and I'm going to shake a DB off me, whether he's a three star, four star, five star. I've gone up against the best, and you know, my route running is just. It's undeniable. But uh, I do have – my hands are good. I got a good set of hands. I can go up and win that 50-50 ball, and I got a good speed. I am all state in track right now two years in a row. So we're going for a three-peat with my team, my four-by-one team. And we'll see what happens. So is there a, is there a player you like it, that you really look up to or you, or you kind of model your game after? Um, You know, I haven't really thought about that, but if I were to model my game – after a professional player, I'd, I'd go Stefan Diggs because when you watch Stefan Diggs play, he's just such a, you know, precise route runner. And, you know, he's not the biggest guy. He's not the fastest guy, but he's going to shake you at the top. And that's just what it is. All right. Awesome. Awesome. So, so as, it, I have a question that I always like to ask everybody. Are you a, are you a superstitious guy? Do you have any like pregame rituals? Like oh, through yeah, high school? I definitely am very superstitious, you know. Um, I pray before I play. It's what I call it. Pray before you play. Get down on the thirty yard line, and I hit my uh, say say my prayer every single prayer. So God, please keep me safe. Help me win this race. So I say that before I run a track event. And I say that before I uh, play on the football field in front of it. All right, awesome, awesome. Well, what what do you like? Do you have any hobbies? What do you like to do uh, off away from the football field? So right now, I am currently in a Deca. If if you know what DECA is, it's a business competition, and it's where you role-play these scenarios, and there's different uh, categories you can choose from. But right now, uh, I've been devoting a lot of my time to my projects. Competition's coming up soon, and I, I got to go compete against some really, really smart kids. 
And that's what's been taking up a lot of my time. So I make you make I made a fake business, pretty much is what it was. I got my website, business cards, my uh, my pamphlet, and I'm ready to go compete with that here soon. Also, just working out, hitting the gym a lot. I have a workout routine. I wake up around 5:30, and I'll hit the local gym, Genesis, right across the street from me. And then I have school weights lifting there. And then after weights, I go work out with my trainer, OJ Simpson. And it's not the not the OJ Simpson you're like you could be thinking of. They just have the same names. <laughs> yeah, I but, saw I saw him on Twitter and I was like, wait, OJ Simpson. Oh no, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you hear OJ Simpson, you think, oh, oh, oh. But no, nah, it's a different guy. And then kind of just like video games, hanging out with friends, you know, like kind of like the high school thing. But other than that, that's kind of my life. Do you have a favorite video game? Um, let me think. Uh Grew up, my, my all-time favorite video game, which is probably the most, like the best video game that's ever been created, was probably Fortnite in its prime. When I was in seventh, eighth grade, and I'm four, I'm playing Fortnite up till 3, 4 a.m., you know, <laughs> playing with my buddies, just talking about random stuff. Like, time, like, pause. I completely forgot about time, but I'd say Fortnite around then, and you got 2K20, the basketball game. I was a big fan of 2K20 and 2K19. I didn't get 2K21 because that was kind of when life started taking a adulthood toll on me. So, but yeah. All right, fair enough. Well, I'm almost 40 and I still play lots of video games. So there's there's oh, there's hope at the uh, <laughs> later on. I love video games. Love love love. <laughs> Awesome. Well, Maximum Man, I, I sure appreciate you coming on. We're so excited to have you as uh, part of the Bearcat family, and and we're excited to see where your uh, where your journey takes you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Hey, this is Sean Paddock, uh, former defensive line for the Bearcats. You're listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. Once a Bearcat, always a Bearcat. Welcome back here on Bleeding Green. Glad to be joined by the sports editor for the Maryville Forum, John Dykstra, who's a regular here on Bleeding Green. And John, man, the, we don't get opportunity very much to talk in the off season. It's it's always good to catch up and uh, and have you on. No, it's always fun to fun to talk uh, some football when it's not fall. It feels like uh, signing day and and spring ball. We we kind of get to get hit with it a little bit and get that little taste of it. So it's always fun. A little, little bit to tide us over. Yeah, well, signing day is always fun. I mean, it's it's obviously fun for us fans that we get to, you know, kind of, oh, you know, we get to see some highlights and who's this guy, kind of the what ifs, you know, trying to predict two, three, four years down the road. But also, you know, for these these young men and their families, also, of course, for the university. I mean, it's just kind of, I don't know, that, that's why I always think it's exciting because it's kind of like it's a time of almost untapped potential, really. Yeah, especially I feel like uh, the D two level is kind of kind of fun to learn about them and and everything like that. Obviously, Division one programs, it's, you got star ratings and all this stuff. But with these with the kids that come D two and and do this, it's just kind of signing day. You get to learn about them and and hear the coaches say kind of some attributes and and things about them, and it's just, it's just fun to see them and. And some of their Twitter posts do see a little bit of that personality. So now signing day is always a blast. 
Well, before we get to signing day, we kind of got some big news before that. And I mean, I know you and I talked about it. We we knew kind of something was in the works that maybe it was going to happen, but that the Bearcats get Andrew Theobald back in the fall, which is big. I mean, that that brings back all five starting offensive linemen. I mean, that that may have been the biggest, (laughs) you know, the biggest positive news for the Bearcats around signing day. And it wasn't even a signing. Yeah, I feel like that can't be uh, oversold. Just having that continuity back, and it's it's what they didn't have last year. They didn't have that continuity and those guys who had played together. Uh, they kind of had to develop that through the season. I think you kind of saw that line improve last season. Uh, so now getting those guys back, uh, not only Andrew but everybody else too on the line, that's that's going to be a big deal. And I I think they're they're pretty excited about that. You could kind of hear uh, Coach Cunningham talking about when he was talking about signing day, just just having that group back and uh, and how how excited he was to see what they could uh, they could become uh, this year. Yeah, that's that's definitely exciting. Well, well, let's kind of get into this year's recruiting class and. Um, you know, I mean, boy, you, you could talk, you know, speaking of the line, it seems to me where it's kind of heavy offensive and defensive line, which is never a bad place, you know, to be, you know, that's something important to, uh, to coach, um, to coach Wright and, and the whole, the whole staff, but boy, some, some pretty impressive signings on, on both sides of the line, really, I think. Yeah. Coach, uh, Coach Wright kind of talked about it a little bit. Of course, they've had we're still having guys with extra years of of eligibility with COVID and everything. So uh, he, he was pretty candid speaking to the media and then uh, John Coffey and Matt Trenton on their, their signing day show about they didn't have as much money to spend this year in terms of scholarship dollars as some years past. So they really targeted um, the areas they thought they needed help and uh, the areas where they, they wanted to build that depth for future years um, with kids graduating and everything. And the offensive line, we, we just spoke about um, having those guys back this year, but then next year, obviously, a lot of those guys will graduate and move on. So they wanted to have, have some more bodies in the pipeline um, in terms of that. And then the defensive line, you're never going to, give rich enough toys to play with there and, and develop uh big big lost some big time kids obviously the last few years with with Sam Roberts and Zach Howard and Elijah Green. So uh just just kinda of keeping that pipeline fresh too and having some more guys ready to step in I think is never a bad thing with uh with them and then Coach Garingham and Coach Wright specifically the guys who work with those two units. Well, I mean, we, we always like to see on defensive line, I mean, talk about a, a guy, you know, who, you know, you I don't know, th- this time of year, you know, we're we're looking at, you know, we look at highlights, of course, as fans, we're looking at, at how big these guys are, right? I mean, one of the ones that jumps off the page to me is Langdon Kitchen, a kid that's 6'7", he's already 250, he kind of, I don't know, you know, I kind of get excited to see what, what is Joe Q going to do with this guy in the weight room, get him in there in a, a year or two, and... um you know, man, but that one, that's, uh, yeah, you know, the kid's already six, seven, two fifty. that, that one was, was pretty, I think it's pretty exciting. Yeah. They, uh, I mean, Rich talked about him a little bit. He talked about all the, all the kids, obviously. Um, but 
the, the multi-sport athlete and being able to, to do that, that was a, that was a trend that, especially among the linemen, they, they tend to go towards, I think, a little bit with, uh, with Rich Love's wrestlers. Mm-hmm. He's talked about that, uh, many times before. And just having guys who, who kind of can do, can do other things and are really a well-rounded athlete. And it sounds like that was, uh, Mr. Kitchen, he's a he's a basketball player, really good, good basketball player. So uh, when you're six seven, that kind of makes sense. But he's he's one they were definitely definitely high on. Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, look at some of the other guys like a Jacob Stoddard kid that's six four, and uh, Lorenzo Brinkley the third. He 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 was one that kind of stood out to me. His his film looked really really good, six one, but two eighty already. Uh, Grant Barry, another kid that's 6'4". Then, you know, we're talking about offensive linemen. Um, Jordan Pegram, by the way, got to mention him um, on the D-line. I'm, I'm probably leaving somebody out there. But, uh, you know, then offensive line, I mean, you know, guys, guys. I mean, again, some big kids. Kamari Smith, 6'2", 3'10", you know, a J.J. Rodriguez, 6'4", 265". I mean, that's, you know, Bo Nabla, another, um, you know, another big kid. But I mean, I think the name on the offensive line, though, that everybody was talking about, you had a great article, by the way, that people can check out on MaryvilleForum.com, was, of course, Pierce Wand. And w- what a great story that is to get him at Northwest. And yeah, he comes, uh, you know, with some, some uh, you know, pretty good uh, pedigree, if you will. Yeah, obviously, Seth Wand, uh, the highest drafted player in the history of Bearcat football, um, being able to not only have the, the genetics of, of, uh, of Seth and Pierce, but, um, also something Pierce talked about in that story was after, after games to drive home from, from games, um, a lot of, a lot of parents will obviously talk to their kids about how they played and, and different things. And it's like for a lot of kids, that's, that's not uh, that's not too telling because parents have different degrees of of knowing kind of what they're talking about there. But when your dad's a a former professional football player, um, he knows what he's talking about. And I think just learning that technique and and kind of coming up with with somebody with the knowledge base that Seth Mond has, uh, it's uh, sounds from Pierce that he understands how how fortunate he ha- is to have that coaching and that, that, uh, that example, I guess would be the way to put it with, uh, with his dad. So, uh, yeah, he, he was definitely a fun kid to talk to. Well, and, and staying on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, last year we had one quarterback signing and Henry Martin, who, you know, some places had him as, as a three-star guy. That was, that was pretty exciting. And then we get another guy, another one quarterback signing year, which boy, the Bearcats have a lot of great young quarterbacks um, on the team. Hayden Jay, a kid from Mill Valley um, and, and his teammate uh, Holden Zygman on there as well, but a kid that won four state championships in his time in high school and, and uh, kind of a dual threat guy, which you know that seems to seems to fit Coach Sturdy's offense the best. That's you know, I think that that's an, another exciting one. You always look at those guys at, at quarterback for sure. Yeah, those are always the the highlight of uh, any recruiting class. And uh, yeah, like you said, uh, just a winner. Uh, that's what Coach Sturdy kind of talked about there. And uh, 
and he's a he's a little smaller than some of the other guys they brought in in the past. Six foot tall, 180 pounds is what they listed him at. But yeah, it's it's hard to argue with that track record of success that he had in high school. So uh, that's a that's an exciting one to bring in, and it's always kind of fun to to see what they can bring to the table. Should we be redshirting next year, but. Um, it'll be it'll be fun to watch him uh, watch him kind of grow and, and see what he's got over the next couple of years and in practices and in the spring at least. Well, in another position, we bring in one guy, to Sean Porter, running back from um, from Omaha North, who a lot of people said was maybe the best running back in the whole state of Nebraska. That's something that I know that coach um, that coach talked about, and and a guy that's got some really really impressive highlights. And of course, you know, we know we've got a, a young guy, Jay Harris, right? Sometimes freshman running backs, you know, uh, you know, can come in and contribute. Definitely. Don't know if we'll see him this fall or not, but, uh, you know, feel pretty good. If, if you're going to only sign one guy, you know, at a position, I think they got a good one there. Yeah. I think that running back room's pretty deep. Obviously I would, I would think Jay is probably, Probably the starter and the guy at least going into camp, but um, but yeah, Tayshawn they they talked up on him and in in my article I only have one quote because that's that's why I did for everybody on him. Uh, um, Rich wasn't the only one to talk about him. Coach Thirty and then uh, uh, Coach Roberto Davis, running back coach, too. All. All heat praise on uh, on this supporter, and they're really excited to have him. and And Zach Martin also on the radio show talked about just how how good of a guy he is and how good of a teammate he is. Obviously, Zach's dad is a coach to Sean at uh, at Omaha North, and and has been his uh, head coach. So uh, so Zach's got some inside info on that. So uh, it's. It's kind of exciting, and they are very high on him. Like I said earlier, they have limited money, so they targeted kind of other positions. But getting getting one running back and getting a really good one is always always a good thing. And and uh, they talked about how I think it was Coach Sturdy talked about how him and Jay Harris could be a pretty dynamic one-two punch moving forward. Yeah, throw Jaden Brady in there, who's who we know is a heck of a receiver out of the backfield too, and and yeah, makes you feel pretty good about that backfield uh, for this fall for sure. Exactly, they talked him up, and I, I I was kind of surprised almost a little bit to hear all the praise because I think that'll be a tough not to redshirt him next year with all the talent they have in that backfield, especially Jaden and and Jay, but. Um, yeah, he's he sounds like an exciting kid. Well, and staying on the offensive side of the ball, receiver is a place where he got some, um, you know, got some pretty good looking guys as well. Um, you know, Maximo Filion and and John Neeson and and uh, you know, Javen Stall Javen Stallings, a guy for down in Staley. Some um, you know some exciting guys who you know, and they talked about that too. About you know, we got a lot of senior receivers. Um, this year so they're really that you know and and typically you know we're talking about bringing guys in red shirting them that doesn't always happen but that's usually the way things have gone for you know 30 years um pretty much at northwest but uh yeah you know definitely seems like you know we're thinking 
maybe the fall of 24, at least with, with a bunch of these receiver signings. Yeah, it was kind of interesting to just see that list and you scroll through and you look at the size and it's, it's guys all the way from five foot ten to, to six four and it's that's kind of the nature of receivers, I guess. You can you can kind of have all those types of types of body types. But yeah, they seem like they're excited about this group. Obviously guys like Trayvon Alexander and and Keyshawn Griffin and all those guys will uh uh sturdy again the list goes on. They got a lot of veteran receivers now in that room and he talked about um, a couple of years ago when they had all those veterans with Kanan Davis and, and Amani and, and Alex Kanan, it like then all of a sudden you had to bring in a bunch of transfers and they don't want to be in that situation again, not that they won't take transfers, but just having, having that depth already in the program. So it doesn't force your hand at anything. And that's what these guys, these guys are going to be able to come in and, and learn from a pretty good group that they already got in uh, in Maryville right now. So that'll be exciting. Well, and speaking of transfers, you know, tight end is is definitely a, a position of need with Cole Hembro and Ryan Dewhurst both um, graduating. Although, you know, I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what a young guy like uh, Gannon Gregert maybe can do in more in, in a more featured spot this fall. But um you know, and they signed a couple of freshman um, tight ends as well, but then a couple of JUCO guys in Chas Carl, Grintice Hoover, both guys that, you know, and I mean, big guys too. You know, we know Coach Sturdy likes a tight end who can come in and, and block. Both these guys look like they definitely have that body type, 6'3 and 6'4, around 250. And, uh, you know, I think those are probably a couple of guys you think, okay, we're, you know, there's a good chance we see the both of those on the field this fall. It definitely sounded like that was the plan. Um, um, yeah, Ty Hoover, a, a guy who was a national runner-up at Hutch uh, Community College this this year, uh, JUCO runner-up. Um, really, that's what Coach Sturdy talked about with both those guys, just their ability to block, um, come in and play right away. Um, and he, honestly, the, the freshman they're bringing in too, Gatlin Samuel from, uh, Leeward, Kansas. He's kind of got the same thing. He likes how he can do, do multiple things, be a pass catcher, but also be a really good at the line of scrimmage blocker. And, uh, as you kind of indicated, uh, with the COVID, everybody having the option for an extra year, uh, Cole Hembro was one of those that they, they thought might come back this year and then, then decided to uh, to not and to uh, to get out into uh, into the workforce and, and get his degree. Um, so that kind of put them in in a need to add some veteran tight ends, and it sounded like they were very happy with getting uh, Hoover and Carl Carl Grin, um, another guy from the Jayhawk Conference here with Butler Community College. Um, it sounded like they were very excited to add up those guys. So uh, I think I think you'll probably be seeing a lot of both of them this year. Um, it sounded also from talking to Coach Sturdy like they're they're wanting to maybe get mul- multiple tight ends on the field at times. So uh, so both those guys should have the opportunity to play as long as as well as the guys already on the roster. So maybe an increased emphasis on tight end this year. Well, and I think the I think 
something that probably can't be understated is when you get transfers early on, you know, and we've seen obviously, you know, in, in the rich right area last few years has, has pretty good luck, um, you know, bringing guys in kind of in the summer, you know, if you look back to, you know, I mean, running back kind of always, but look back two years ago with, with Al McKellar, of course, and, um, you know, in the, in the, you know, Isaiah Nimmers and D- Dedrick Strambler, you know, both of those guys, um, you know, and, and, but the thing is, I guess if you get these guys early on, you, you know, yeah, they're in class, but they're around the program. You know, we talk about the Bearcat way and kind of the way we do things and not that you can't acclimate guys in that summer, but it just kind of gives them more time to get used to the program and things. And I, I think that's always a good thing. And tied in always, um, I know I've heard people talk about this when like rookie tight ends going into the NFL, it's so much to learn because not only do you have to learn chemistry with the quarterback and, and routes and, and different things like that, but you're also integral in the blocking scheme. That's the nature of the tight end is, is that you, you have to do a lot of different things. So it's a lot to learn. So yeah, having, having some veterans who have done it on the college level and and can get in and, and learn that stuff, I think will be will be very important for them. Well, let's go to linebacker. I mean, one of the guys, Cooper Lowe, he's Coach Lowe's son, the baseball coach at Northwest, so he's no stranger to the Bearcats, but a star on both sides of the ball. I think it was All-State on offense and defense there at Maryville. That, that's a big deal. I mean, and, uh, you know, that that what a cool moment for that kid who's been around this program and also a big get for the Bearcats, getting getting a, getting a spoof out. Yeah, Cooper uh, Cooper never left the field. That's something uh, Maryville coach Matt Webb would, would always talk about. He was the kickoff guy. He, he, did, he did everything for him. So he was, he was on the field. Every competitive snap that Spoofhounds would have, and uh, and obviously a fullback for them, really good, really good runner and receiver for uh, for Derek Quinlan, another another Maryville slash Bearcat name. But um, he's a uh, it's exciting to add a guy, a kid like Super, who who kind of thought that he'd be what he was bad is and playing as much travel baseball as he did. Was was kind of planning on being doing baseball at the next level, and then then he had this opportunity to go play football at Northwest, and and said he really couldn't pass that up. So uh, just a really good kid. I had a, a fun story with him in the in the forum this week, and and just he's he's going to be a good addition to uh, to the Bearcats, that's for sure. Well, and, you know, linebackers, one of those positions where we just always seem, you know, it seems like for years and years and years, it's just kind of, you know, kind of like the defensive line. You go from strength to strength, it seems like. And, of course, the the spoof hound, we always talk about Matt Webb and his really good relationship with, with Northwest coaches and kind of implementing a similar scheme. But you can't forget that his linebacking coach in high school was uh, – was, uh, Think of both that. So if you're wanting to learn how to play linebacker for the Bearcats, having having a Volstead teacher is a pretty good uh, pretty good start. So uh, that's that's exciting too. Yeah, for sure. Well, and and other guys too. A couple other linebackers um, that the Bearcats signed: Cole Riley, kid out of Lincoln, and uh, uh, Ethan Stewart, who's 
another big kid, 6'3". So that's uh, that's kind of exciting. Then defensive back, boy, a bunch of really exciting guys. I mentioned the Hayden Jay, the quarterback, his teammate Holden Zygman, um, you know, and and so many guys. Again, I'm going to struggle to name them all off here like the like I did on the offensive and defensive line. But, you know, kind of, you know, we talk about transfers again, a guy that Coach Clayton just loves is Austin McKinney and a guy who started out Saginaw Valley, kind of bounced around, went to JUCO, now ending up at Northwest, and a guy who's, again, you know, coming to school this spring. And so that that's kind of exciting. I think of this class, if, if we're going to see any of these guys, it seems like that Austin McKinney's got a pretty good chance for us to see him on the field this fall. Yeah, I think the tight ends are going to have that opportunity as well. But um, Austin McKinney, man, Brandon started talking about him, and I couldn't believe how uh, how high he was on him because, yeah, he said he's a power five talented kid that fell to the D2 ranks. So um, that's if you're a power five talented kid, that's that's definitely a kid that's going to be on the field. And in the secondary, I think next year, kind of looking big picture with, with both the corners back and, and Charles Gady back after an injury and, and the two starting safeties this year with Fredrickson and, and Jordan back. And the secondary certainly looks to be a strength of the Bearcats next year. And, and it sounds like Austin McKinney is going to have a, have a chance to factor right into that and, and get an opportunity to, to play right away. Well, and then, yeah, don't forget Josh Turner. I mean, he's a guy who, who, yeah. you know, is a nickel, nickel corner. He played some safety along with Rhett Jordan. And so, I mean, yeah, the, the, I think we're going to see, I think there's the possibility to see a, a big step up from all of those guys, especially, you know, when you look at the safeties guys that got kind of got thrown in early that didn't have the playing experience from, from last year to this year, at least that's kind of, you know, what I expect to see. So that's pretty exciting. Yeah, for sure. And then once you start talking about those freshman DBs out there or the incoming freshmen, that is, um, Caleb Bradley is the guy that, that really jumps off the page to me just because, I mean, we talked about with uh, with Seth Wand and Pierce Wand, but it's always fun to see former Bearcat family members kind of, and, and he gives you an idea kind of what to expect out of the, the kid. And Caleb Bradley is, is Sean Bain Jr.'s cousin. And uh, as, as Brandon Clayton said, said in the court I posted here speed just runs in that family and he's he's a fast kid and and they're looking at him uh, at the DB spot obviously so Brandon gets to work with them but um yeah it's they're they're really excited about about Caleb Bradley and and some of those other young DBs they added this year but that's uh sounds like it's going to be a fun group yeah John Pargo Jr. is another one man his film he seems like kind of yeah. he's he's not very big, which of course you know that usually changes getting getting at least a year under under Joe Q. But uh, but he's yeah hard hitter from Omaha and, and all those guys. You know that, that's why I had a chance to to talk to Coach Clayton and yeah he just raved about about the whole group. And I mean overall, you know it was kind of. I don't know, you know, surprising, maybe not surprising, but you know what? We only had what nine, nine seniors, something like that, you know, when, in, uh, on senior day in, in the fall. And now, you know, you come in with, with a group of, of 30 plus, but some schools, I guess, are coming in with groups of 
40 or 50. And so it seems like, you know, the Bearcats kind of went with, with quality. I don't know. You know, I, I'm, I think, I think this is a good class. I, it just is kind of, I don't know. It, it has me excited. And the interesting thing too, is they're all Midwest kids. You know, last year we saw a lot of guys from Florida and I'm sure, you know, that'll change. We know that's a, that's a place that coach Wright likes to recruit. And, uh, you know, but boy, I just, I just feel like it's, it's a pretty good, pretty good deep class for the cats. Well, it's Midwest kids. And then the only guy from Florida, like I said, is Sean Bain Jr.'s mm-hmm. cousin. So it's, uh, they, they kind of went back to the roots a little bit and, uh, and all around there. It's, it's funny. You mentioned John Tarko Jr. being a little small because my editor, um, when he was reading over it, he was, that was the one question he had for me on all these quotes. He said, did Brandon Clayton really call this kid yoke? And Brandon, <laughs> it definitely calls him yoke. So he said he's put together. Um, part of the reason he's a little smaller is because he's a wrestler too. And, uh, and obviously yeah, I can't wait to do that. But um, yeah, Pargo, Pargo is an interesting guy that'll, that'll hit hard. And, uh, Another DB to mention is uh, Cameron Biggs from Davenport, Iowa. Um, Coach Wright and Coach Sturdy actually coached his father when they were at St. Ambrose. So that's another kind of family connection and, and knowing knowing the family and knowing that they're, they're good people, obviously, and, and all of that. So, uh, so uh, yeah, that's a good one. Offensive lineman Bo. Bo Nablock, I believe I might be mispronouncing his name, but but his his dad played here as well. So there's there's some of those former Bearcat kind of once a Bearcat always a Bearcat type kids that they're getting in here with the second generation. So that's always fun. Yeah, kind of those legacy players. That's that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, I actually texted Sean Bain about his about his uh, little cousin when I saw that he had signed, and once I saw that he was. He was his cousin. He said he, he said he was he was pretty fast, so he was he was uh, you know pretty excited about that. But that's that's cool. Another guy, you know, there's there's not a ton of Bearcats out there playing professional football. He's still out out doing his thing, yeah. friend of the podcast. So I got to plug plug uh, Sean's name there. But um, well, John, we kind of we didn't go over everybody name by name. I would definitely encourage anybody to go um, you know to MaryvilleForum.com, read your article. That was a big. I wasn't able to listen to the, to the broadcast on signing day, I got pulled into something at work and, and your, your article was a big help for me. And, uh, and also the great, um, you know, the great articles about Pierce wand and, and, uh, Cooper Lowe as well. So encourage everybody to do that. Anything we mentioned, any other noteworthy stuff that I skipped over? I I don't think so. I think, uh, they're kind of excited to, to get these guys on the field and, and start working with them. But, um, no, I, I think uh, it's always hard to you judge a recruiting class in like three to four years, and, and that's when you tend to see what you have. But I think it, it sounds like they, uh, they like you said, focus in on some guys and, and got the guys they wanted for the most part. So you didn't hear about anybody kind of leaving at the last minute or, or going somewhere else. Um, it sounds like they, they lock in on their targets and they got their targets. So has to be a, a good day for the coaching staff, I suppose. Yeah, for sure. It's all it's excitement. It's it's just it's all potential 
and that's what I think makes it kind of so exciting. But John, man, as always, I appreciate you. And I just look forward to the next time we talk about to have some current Bearcat football to talk about in the spring game, which I think will be here probably before we know it. It it seems like it just keeps rolling, but that's that's what makes it fun. So appreciate it, Matt. Hey, Bearcat fans, this is Mel Churchman, former Bearcat coach. You're listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel. And welcome back here on Bleeding Green. Back to some player interviews now and some of our new signees. And, uh, and in fact, we go back-to-back with Park Hill <laughs> signees for the Bearcats. This one, this is not the first time. It certainly won't be the last that Seth Wan's name gets brought up. We have his son, Pierce Wan, offensive lineman, uh, joining the Bearcats. Hey, got to give the linemen some love, too. And Pierce, man, thank you so much for taking time and, and pleased to welcome you here on Bleeding Green. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me. I think this is a really, really cool experience. <laughs> well, I mean, is this, I mean, is this the, kind of the thing, right? You know, for now, I guess you're, you're Seth Wan's son, right? Is that, <laughs> is that, <laughs> that get, getting brought up to you a lot? Yeah. A lot of old friends come and say hello and all their family saying hello, whatever. Everyone knows me as Seth's son right now. (laughs) Right, right. Well, is that, I mean, you know, as, as you've played football, I mean, obviously now you're, you're coming to Northwest. Is that, I don't know. Do you feel any pressure because of that? No, not really. I feel like it's, I feel like I got a little royalty, you know, (laughs) going to get, get into a really good program and I get to, I already know like most of everyone there and I kind of, you know, probably do a little, few more things that probably no one else knows, you know, like, (laughs) I don't know, like, I can't think of anything right now. Well, both your parents are from Northwest, right? Your, your parents met at, at Northwest. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, so it's, I mean, it's kind of, it was kind of in your blood, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's go back a little bit, kind of get to know you. I mean, was it always football for you? Did you play other sports when you were younger? Uh, I, my first sport I started playing was lacrosse. I started playing that third grade. And then I only started playing football um, high school year, freshman. And I've been playing lacrosse since third grade. So I've been, those are the two main sports I've ever, always ever played. All right. Have you always been a big kid? Yeah, <laughs> always been one of the tallest kids at the schools or whatever. Yeah. Well, it's so. I mean, I'm sure lacrosse helps with the football. Um, you know, if if you got to run and keep up with all those guys. Yeah, it, it definitely helps running around catching. I'm usually the the defender in lacrosse, so I usually just stay in front of the guy, and make sure he doesn't shoot at the goal or make his shot as terrible as possible. But yeah, I bet. Uh, some of the footwork I kind of replicated from lacrosse on the football, which I feel like it helped me the most because being a fast lineman is really useful and on a team for lots of schemes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, so, so when did, when did the, you really start seriously kind of thinking about football? Of, you know, I, I've got a real shot to, to play at this at the next level. Well, uh, kind of my, Sophomore and junior year, I kind of started on varsity, and eventually I got some calls from colleges like Mo West or um, 
Missouri S&T saying, hey, we're looking at you and we could offer you a shot if you just keep going and stuff. And so kind of sitting there thinking maybe maybe if I can just pursue this as much as possible, I can get something out of it. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, Park Hill's a big school. So, I mean, you, you play in high school specifically, like you're, you're playing against some big time competition. Yeah. Well, so what, you know, as you, uh, you know, as you, as you got older and things, I mean, does, you know, you still play lacrosse obviously and, and with football, I mean, is, is lacrosse the favorite sport is, has football taken over as the favorite sport? I would say, yeah, football kind of taken over the favorite sport. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I've, I've always enjoyed lacrosse. Always, it's always fun, something to do in springtime, off season. Nice. Yeah. Well, so as you, uh, you know, do you, do you have a favorite memory on the field of your high school career and on on and football wise anyway, or like a play oh. or a game that stands out? We ran. There's one of my favorite memories. Football. We ran a play. We had we were like we had this uh, we were like a couple yards from scoring. We were like right at the goal line. We had this play called Clemson, <laughs> and what it was is we all lined up in I forgot what formation it was, but we all lined up, and the quarterback would be like Clemson, Clemson, and one of the wide receivers would go what, and he would turn and be like Clemson, and then and then the wide receiver would be like what do I got? What do I got? And as soon as he says, Clemson, Clemson, as soon as he says the second Clemson, he snaps it to the running back, and we just run a uh, a quick uh, draw play right there. Nice. Well, I mean, as a lineman, right, you, you love run blocking, I assume. That seems to be everybody's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just, well, and, and, well, tell me about your, your, you know, having your dad. I mean, I assume he was a great resource as far as kind of helping you along and, and being able to just to talk football and and you know strategy footwork hands all all of that stuff on the line right yeah there was some times where i needed help with some form and what i should be working on and he definitely was there helping me out yeah so what what would you say are your are your biggest strengths on the football field i would probably say probably my my speed um, I definitely, for like screen plays, I can definitely get out to that corner that we needed to get to, or times where I'm the backside of run plays, I can definitely get to that second level and get the backside inside backer. Always important for long run plays, usually going for touchdowns. So, yeah. Is there a current player that you, that you really look up to or, you, or anybody you kind of model your game after? probably my dad <laughs> i was i got told by some old um players of my dad that i always played kind of the same same stance and everything <laughs> so yeah i feel like i kind of replicate some of his work you know all right well you know you you had options coming out of high school i know you know k-state was an option for you and you you took a couple of game day visits there what what about northwest i mean obviously you have the family ties and all of that i mean what made northwest the right fit for you i feel like it was the program and kind of the family there i mean when you already kind of know everyone there i feel like it's just it's welcoming almost it's just drawing you in you know it's 
I feel like it's probably the best fit for me as for like family wise because all my my entire family knows everyone there and it's just it's kind of cool seeing all these people that I've never met and they know me <laughs> it's just fun to talk to people like that yeah is there anything that excites you the most about you know getting on campus in, in the fall and, and getting started uh, I am excited about my major I'm majoring in, uh, computer science. I have, I haven't really done any computer science in high school, but I really appreciate, I've always been a computer guy, but I've never really took in any of the classes for it, but kind of excited for that. Perfect. Well, speaking of off the field stuff, what other things, what do you like to do uh, off the field in your free time? Any, any hobbies? Well, Definitely visiting all my brothers and sisters' games. <laughs> Basketball season right now, going to games every day. Um, I definitely play a few video games in my time. <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty much it. Just working out, video games, and going to my uh, family's uh, basketball games and stuff right now. Living what, the dream, <laughs> right? <laughs> what video? Uh, what video games you play? You Madden guy? You play, you know, Call of Duty? Oh, anything like that? Mostly, yeah, Call of Duty. Mostly the FPS stuff. Mostly uh, the Blizzard, Blizzard games. I don't know. If, let's. Pretty sure that's how it's called. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I got. I have a fourteen, almost fourteen-year-old and an eleven-year-old. So, and, and I've been playing video games since I was a little kid. So, yeah, I'm, I'm right there <laughs> with you. <laughs> well, Pierce, man, I appreciate you taking some time. We're excited to have you part of the officially. I mean, you're already part of the Bearcat family, but now, but now officially coming to to play on the football team. We're excited for you, and, uh, and and can't wait to see what the future holds. Yeah, thank you. This was awesome. Welcome back here on Bleeding Green, joined by the only quarterback in this year's signing class for the uh, 2023 Bearcats uh, from Mill Valley and Shawnee, Kansas, Hayden J. And Hayden, man, thanks so much for uh, for coming on and, and joining me here on Bleeding Green. Of course. Thanks for having me out. So, I mean, your resume, man, it's pretty impressive. Four four state championships, your, your uh, you know, two-time first-team All-Stater, you Got a 4.0 GPA, a 30 on your ACT. I mean, that's all uh, That's all pretty impressive stuff. Is there any any one thing that you're kind of most proud of thus far? Uh, yeah, I would, I would say the uh, four-time state championships. We, uh, as a team, worked really hard, you know, to get to get to that standard, knowing that it's never been done before. So uh, that's something I pride myself in, and I, I'm glad that one sticks out. So what other, I mean, do you play any other high school sports or did you play any other sports besides football as when you were younger? Oh yeah. I mean, growing up as a little kid, I played them all, of course, just you know, out there having fun. But uh, in middle school and high school, I kind of focused more on basketball, football, and track. Um, and then I played basketball up through my sophomore year. Uh, and then starting my junior year, going into my uh, junior summer, I focused more on football, um, you know, being, coming into that starting role, I thought it was more important to put some more time and energy on that, go to camps and stuff to better myself for the season. But, and then I also ran track that following spring just to, you know, help stay in shape and again, get faster for the next season. So was football always your favorite sport? Oh yeah. Always been. My dad was the head coach of my like junior team back from you know, kindergarten up to 
whatever it was, sixth grade before middle school football started. Um, you know, he's always been a big football guy, and so I was kind of raised that way, and I love it. So tell me about your your high school career kind of this far. I mean, I, I imagine there's lots of great memories and, and great games, lots of playoff games, heck, the, the four state championships. Is there Are there any games or, or maybe plays in particular that kind of stand out for you? Yeah, I mean, the uh, the state championships, of course, are going to stand out, you know, your, your junior and senior year especially because those are the ones that I, you know, was the starter for. Um, but I think if I had to pick, like, my favorite play um, – maybe of all would be uh, my senior year state championship game. Um, I probably have two. Uh, both of them were touchdown passes, of course, but, um, you know, the the first one would be that uh, through a long touchdown pass, that 60-some yard uh, touchdown pass to a wide receiver, Preston Oliver. The game was tied about 7-7, I think, in the second quarter. Um, we had just stalled out the previous drive, so we were kind of, you know, needed something to get going on offense. And we couldn't really run the ball very well. And so, you know, we thought we were going to be in for a long game. We knew weather was coming in, um, so it was going to be hard to throw the ball. So we were, you know, kind of down. And coach called play that, you know, you know, it was a shot play. I was like, all right, here we go. I hope this works. And, you know, sure enough, safety did what we thought he was going to do. And it opened up a big post behind him. And uh, for that to happen you know, at that time in the game was huge. There's a huge there's a video of it on Twitter somewhere. You, know, you can hear the crowd going. Um, you know, get louder as he runs, and it's uh, it's really cool. So that was one of my favorite moments, just because, um, you know, the the weight that it held. You know, the whole season was kind of, you know, riding on that game, of course. And so, uh, for it to happen during that moment was pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about a big game, big play. What uh, is there a certain player that you've always kind of looked up to, maybe quarterback wise, or? Or that you, I mean, is there anybody you've you've kind of modeled your game after? Or how do you play the quarterback position? How would you explain it to us Bearcat fans that maybe haven't got an opportunity to, to see you play? Yeah, well, one thing I think I pride myself on is uh, being able to run and throw uh, equally well because there are a lot of guys who can throw the ball really well, um, and there are a lot of guys who can run really well, but the guys that have the most success that I've seen uh, can do both. You know, you see, like, you know, in the NFL, you see like Patrick Mahomes, you know, he can throw it really well. Um, he's not a quite elusive runner, but he can, you know, make plays with his feet and slide in the pocket and make these throws. Um, I think that's a very important game, uh, important part of the game that's, uh, you know, becoming, you know, more and more in the forefront of things. It used to be, you know, it used to be all these pro-style quarterbacks that, you know, would sit in the pocket and they have all day for protection. And, you know, if the protection went down, then they were, you know, they were screwed. So, uh I, I pride myself on being able to, you know, make plays outside the pocket and keep things going. Um, so that way, you know, if you have to improvise, um, you know, I have the ability to do that. And so I think that I'm really excited to bring that to Bearcat football. Awesome. Well, are you, uh, I always like to ask this question. Are, are you a superstitious guy? Like, do you, did, do you have any pregame rituals, things that you have to do uh, to get ready for the game or do you wear the same socks or anything like that? Actually, I did. I did have a pair of football socks that I wore uh, strictly for games, and I didn't wear them during any, any of the time. Um, uh, my junior and senior year, I had a different pair for each season, but um, I did have a pair of those. And then there were a couple things like leading up to the game on game day. You know, we always in high school, we wore uh, a certain shirt that uh, they had given out to all the football players and like khaki pants or shorts. So you'd wear the same things. Um, our coach was kind of big on um, you know, keeping everything the same so that every every game felt you know just like any other game. Uh, same thing with the state championship. One of the reasons we have so much success is that 
you know, he makes he does a really good job of making it feel like any other game. And so, you know, things like uh, making sure we do the same stretching routines before the games. Um, I had a playlist that I like to listen to. Um, it was typically the same. Um, so I had all sorts of things that you just want to keep the same for every game so that when you come to those big games, uh, it just feels like, you know, a regular game. So there's no, like, extra nerves added. I got you. Talk about kind of the recruiting process for you. What What other, you know, when did that start? Did it start after, you know, did it start during your junior year? And when did that kind of ramp up? And, and uh, you know, and then ultimately why was Northwest the, the right fit for you? Of course. Um, so the recruiting process is, you know, I'm sure a lot of people know it's, it's definitely a process. Uh, for me, it kind of started uh, kind of halfway through my junior year. Um, we were having a lot of success, obviously, and I was putting out highlight videos and stuff uh, by week. And uh, coaches started kind of to catch on. You know, they came in and talked to the coach and stuff. So uh, I went up on a couple, like, game day visits uh, my junior year. I was up at North Dakota State, um, I think, in October of last year. Um, and then I went up on a KU uh, game day visit, uh, I think later that season, um, but that was my junior year. And so following that season, um, I went into, you know, as many camps as I could go to try to get myself seen, uh, at the KU camp, um, which was between my junior and senior year. Uh, I actually met coach 30 where, you know, we kind of, you know, he said he'd seen me before he'd seen my film. He liked, we saw, um, but I'd never, that was the first time I had met him. And so uh, I talked to him and he said, yeah, we'll definitely get you up for a, a game day visit uh, this coming season. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, sounds good. And so uh, that was my first introduction with him. And I, he seemed like a really smart guy. I like the way he talks um, about things and stuff. And so you know, that was already creating a good impression then. And then going into my senior season, uh, same kind of thing. I was going up to visits. Um, I was up at Holy Cross, which is a – uh, FCS school up in Massachusetts. Um, they are out of uh, Worcester, Massachusetts. They um, they reached out to me over the summer, and I went up um, there towards the end of the summer. Um, so, like I said, a lot of these uh, schools that I talked to were, you know, these Division One level schools. But you know, I wasn't sure where I was going to end up. And so, as the process kind of went on later uh, after my senior season. Um, some of those schools had kind of gotten filled up and I was like, you know, I'm not sure where I was going to end up, but I went on a, a official visit with Missouri Western and with Northwest Missouri state, um, kind of talking, you know, to both of those schools. I had, um, opportunities to play at both schools. Um, but what really stood out to me at Northwest was the amount of you know time and, you know, care that they had shown for uh, us as recruits on the official visit. Um, they'd gone through great lengths to make sure we were comfortable and, you know, a big thing for me and my family, my mom was up there with me and it took a lot of time to you know, make sure that we were, like I said, just enjoying ourselves. Um, they had a golf simulator that was set up in a hotel for us. That was a lot of fun. Um, you know, they had food for us. We watched uh, some highlight videos of the season um, up in this like, you know, movie theater kind of thing they had for us. And so what really impressed me was the lengths that they went um, for us as recruits. You know, we weren't even on the team yet. They were just trying to show us what they were about i could tell that you know coach wright because every coach you talk to talked about family but coach wright i could tell does a really good job of implementing it within his team um and that's something that you know i valued as a person and that i grew up with high school you know high school football with our coach really valued family and implementing it so northwest seemed like the really good fit for me because 
of the same values that they held as a coaching staff and as a team, the program. And that's why I held within me. So I thought it was a perfect fit. Awesome. Well, that's what we like to hear. Well, and how special is it too, that one of your teammates Holden is, uh, is joining you up, up at Northwest as well. Yeah, that's, that's really special. I'm, I'm excited to play with him. I've been friends with him for, I can't even remember, probably, you know, sixth grade or something. Um, we played together uh, in middle school uh, on the same team. And of course in high school, um, we've all been really good friends. Uh, he has kind of the same kind of thing. He holds those same kind of values of, you know, family being important, you know, being a humble person and, um, you know, putting others before yourself. And so that me and him really hit it off recently. And so when I heard that he was also talking to Northwest, I was like, hey, you know, they're also talking to me. And so we would talk back and forth about, you know, where each of us stood, you know, because, you know, we didn't know if they were going to offer both of us or one of us or how it was going to work. Um, and so we kept in touch definitely a lot throughout the process. Um, and we've gotten a lot closer since then. Um, and we were already going to room together. We've already decided we'll room together uh, coming this fall. And I know he's just as excited as I am to get up there. Um, you know, we're already talking about when we're going to go up this summer um, and all that kind of stuff. So we're both very excited. Awesome. Well, well, what about you off the field? What what kind of things do you like to do when it's uh, when you're not, you know, running track or or playing football? Um, you know, do you, what kind of hobbies do you have? Uh, I would say I like to go just I like to be outside. I, I hate sitting inside. A lot of kids like to sit inside and play video games. It's not really my thing. Um, I like to just, you know, go outside and I'll go. Uh, me and my dad like to go camping or fishing uh, down in like Missouri or Arkansas. Um, you know, whenever we have like a few days off or something, um, that's how we've always done that growing up. Uh, we've gone on hikes with the family before. Um, just kind of being outside, and, you know, breathing fresh air, being in nature. Um, to me, you always feel better after doing something like that than sitting at home and you know watching a movie or playing video games. You know, there's a time for that, but. Uh, if I have, if I get to pick, I like to go outside and just, you know, be active. All right. Nice. Well, have you decided what you're going to major in at Northwest? Uh, yeah, right now, uh, I'm definitely thinking, uh, pre-medical. Uh, I know they have a pre-med major here at Northwest. That was another key factor in, uh, deciding between here, um, and some other schools was that I liked that they had a designated major for pre-med here. Um, they had, you know, classes you could take for that. Um, and I met with a biology professor um, during my official visit, and he had a lot of information for me. And I thought, you know, he's a very knowledgeable person. Um, and so, you know, that was another fit, uh, another thing that helps helped me realize I was going to be a good fit here was that um, academics was definitely stressed here more than some other schools that I'd been at. And, you know, that appealed to my family, of course, because they want to see me succeed. And, of course, to me, because, you know, I want to, the whole point of going to college is to get a degree and get a job afterwards. And so, going to a place that can really set me up for my future is what I was looking for. Awesome. Well, Hayden, thanks so much for joining me. It's, it's a pleasure having you as part of the Bearcat family. Welcome and look forward to uh, seeing where your career takes you. Thank you, sir. Can't wait. Hello, this is former Northwest quarterback, Chris Rice. You are listening to Bleeding Green with Matt Daniel.
And welcome back here on Bleeding Green. Proud to be joined by the Director of Equipment Operations up at Northwest. New during this last football season, though he's been been uh, on uh, on the team with Tucker Peeve before that. Will Walker, Maryville native. And uh, Will, man, thanks so much for taking some time and, and coming on Bleeding Green with me. No problem. No problem. Well, so so you are a Maryville native. Now, do you like – my roommate in my days in Northwest was from Maryville. He did not like the phrase townie. How do you feel about the – the people calling you a townie um i mean sometimes there's a negative connotation around it but honestly um around the football program and everything it's it's kind of a good thing there's been a lot of good townies that have made a good name for us and i don't really mind it too much okay fair enough fair enough so what uh i mean obviously you know in your high school days obviously you're the the quarterback and, and quarterback the spoof hounds to a 2017 state championship and in, in class three but before that i mean were you always kind of playing sports was that the thing when you when you were younger sports always a big deal for you uh yeah so growing up in maryville obviously with northwest and maryville high school here football's been pretty successful for the last uh 20 years or so so football has always been big um around here so i grew up you know going to Hounds games, going to Bearcat games, playing football during those games, like on the hill and, you know, by the scoreboard. It's always been pretty big. Was it, was football always your favorite sport growing up or did you, were you playing all, did you play all kinds of sports? Uh, yeah, football was probably my favorite just because, um, probably had the most success in it. Usually, usually we had some pretty good teams. So you, you know, talk about your high school days. I mean, obviously, quarterback at Maryville, your your career, high school career, culminates with a state championship. I mean, that's pretty great. That's probably a pretty great memory, a pretty big big victory over. I think Mount Vernon is who you guys played then. And what um, do you have any other? What's kind of your favorite memory? Do you have any games or plays that that stick out? Uh, I mean, definitely my favorite game would be um, the district championship my senior year because we went to uh, Chillicothe and beat them and we had previously lost to them. And it was kind of, we, we kind of got dominated the first time we played them and uh, went back to the district championship. And uh, it really ended up being basically the state championship. Whoever would have won that game most likely would have won state. So that was a huge one to win. And it was really fun going to Chillicothe and people kind of not really expecting us to win and then pulling it out. What were your, I mean, what were your plans after graduation? Was it always, I mean, was Northwest always where you were going to go? Was that, was that kind of a foregone conclusion? What, uh, cause I know, you know, doing what you're doing now wasn't necessarily the thing you thought maybe you'd be doing, but before we talk about that, what, was it always just kind of a foregone conclusion? You're from Maryville, you're going to Northwest or were you considering other schools too? Um, I was considering other schools, but Northwest had always been like the front runner just because, um, you know, us from Maryville is easy. Um, always had been a big Bearcat football fan. So, um, always had been involved with like watching athletics at Northwest. Um, I took a visit to UCM, didn't really like it too much. And then just kind of decided, you know, I'm just going to go to Northwest and be close to home. Well, so how did this whole equipment thing work out? Because I think it was your, uh, you know, former spoof found Brady Archer, right. That kind of got you, got you involved in that. Cause you didn't start out doing that at Northwest, right? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so my freshman year, I started school, and I was just working at the golf course out of Mazingo. And then one day, Brady Archer, I can't remember if he texted me or called me and asked me if I wanted a job. And I was like, sure. Or, well, what, what's the job? And he told me I was working with the football team. And I was like, well, I mean, it sounds sounds like a lot more fun than cutting grass. So let me let me check it out. Well, and so, I mean, did you have any idea that, you know, at that time, I mean, w- was it something you fell in love with pretty quickly and thought, man, this is, this is something I, I really want to do? Um, yeah, I, once I started to get around it and started to realize like what equipment was and, you know, what, what, what you had to do and stuff like that, I, I really started to enjoy it. And then being around the football program, um, made me open my eyes to, I, I kind of missed being around sports, so I really enjoyed it. And then also being with the staff that I was with the first year with Tucker and Brady and Hadley, um, they were all really good and made it easy to come into work and enjoy it. It was more of like we were all friends, and, you know, it didn't really ever feel like I was having to go into work. I got to go into work. Well, well, and talk about Tucker. I mean, obviously, um, you know, he leaves after the, well, I think it was after the Lincoln game. But, you know, before we get to that, I mean, what what, inf- what influence was he to you? Uh, he was a huge influence, really, because before I came in and started working in the equipment room, I was kind of just in college and didn't really have a, a real good idea of what I wanted to do after graduation, which I think a lot of people as, like, freshmen in college don't really have a great idea of what they really want to do. But Tucker really opened my eyes to equipment and just opportunities in sports. Um, he really helped pre- prepare all of his student managers for life after college, getting a job and stuff like that. So he did a great job of really getting all of us ready. Well, and then, I mean, when you were in Baltimore, right, helping out with the Ravens training camp when, when you found out that he was, was going to be leaving? Yep, yep. So I was in Baltimore, and he called me and told me, and then we uh, kind of went from there. And um, we knew that it was going to be a strong possibility that I was in the running for the job, so applied and everything like that. And then for about two weeks while I was out there, I would get off work pretty late in the evening, and Tucker and I would get on a hop on a phone call, and he would just we'd spend about two or three hours of him just telling me everything I needed to know, like everything that he's done and things that I didn't know from being a student manager, just because it was maybe above and beyond what I needed or could do. And just learning everything that he could teach me over the phone, really. Well, was there anything that surprised you about that of, of stuff that you didn't realize maybe that he, you know, had his hands in? Um, he Nothing really surprised me too much just because I knew Tucker always went above and beyond on everything. So whenever this happened, I, I, I prepared myself to be, um, ready for whatever he was doing. Cause Tucker, Tucker liked to take everything to the next level. And I think everybody really kind of knew that about him. And, uh, I really didn't want any drop off from me to him. So. So, you know, we're, we're in the middle of recruiting. We're actually recording this on on signing day but what uh you know obviously you've had official visits recently 
recruiting, things like that. Everybody knows, you know, what you do for game day and practices and all that with all the equipment. Um, what kind of things do you do as far as official visits when guys are coming to help out with recruiting and, and things like that? Um, so I got to give a big shout out to Aaron Lawrence. He's, he's huge with the visits, but, um, mostly just getting swag for the guys for the photo shoots. So they look good in those photo shoots for the graphics to be tweeted out. Um, the little videos and things like that and then showing them around the facilities um but like i said aaron's aaron's really a huge help for everybody on on those days so you you're going for your master's degree right your bachelor's in in sports management what uh, what's your master's in and what's kind of the what what's the long-term goal um yeah so i just started my master's program this spring since I didn't technically get hired last fall till like September, um, just with things turning over and it being my first fall, I uh, kind of waited and started in the spring. Um, going forward, just going to get my master's in sports management here. And then uh, who knows? Who knows from there? Awesome. Well, Will, uh, you know, I, I, I appreciate you coming on with me to talk and kind of, kind of get to know you a little bit as, as is tradition with all, uh, all of my interviews, I kind of have six goofy questions here. The pick six, are you ready for them? Yes, sir. All right. I always ask the players, you know, if they have any rituals or if they're superstitious on game day before the game, what about you, the equipment guy? Do you, are you, uh, are you or your team? Do you guys, are you guys superstitious? Um, when it comes to things that I do for myself, not incredibly. Um, I mean, like when we set up the locker room and everything, we do everything in the same order. Um, but one thing I would say is like, we try to make the locker room when we're on the road as close to the home locker room as possible. Um, we always set up the coaches in the same type of order. Um, so that could be something we always try to keep everything the exact same. So, it just feels they're they're in a routine. All right, yeah, makes sense to me. All right, second question of the pick six. You know, we got all the great uniform combinations and everything else. Do you have a personal favorite uniform combination that you like best? Um, I would have to go with what we wore week one this year against Fort Hayes, the uh, alternate white uniforms with the white face mask and then just the uh, matte green paw on the helmet. Yeah, clean, clean look. I, I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Third question of the pick six. What is your favorite part of your job? Do you have one thing that, that is your, is your favorite? I would say my favorite thing is just building relationships with uh, everybody in the program um, from other student assistants to players to coaches. All right. Uh, fourth question of the pick six. If you, you know, could have any job in the world, you know, fast forward five years, 10 years, whatever. What's, what's your dream job? If you could do anything. Oh, that's tough. Um, let me think here. Um, I don't know. Honestly, just like being anywhere like here where winning is just the normal. Um, as long as I'm in a winning culture, that's, that's perfect for me. All right. That, I like that answer. All right. Fifth question of the pick six. What, what's the most challenging part of what you do? Maybe something that not everybody sees or, or something that sometimes can be, um, you know, just a challenging thing to, 
to pull off? That would definitely have to be um, Popeye's. So every Friday night on the road, we order 100 three-piece combos for the team for their late-night snack, and we bring it in um, usually at like 8.30 or 9 after the team gets out of meetings and they're going back to their room just to kind of hang out and get ready to go to bed. And uh, we really have had some troubles having the Popeye's be ready on, on time so we can get it back to the team. So usually that leads to me calling four or five times throughout the week and confirming my order and then showing up at like 4 p.m. on Friday and making sure that I'm they know who I am and I have the order and then usually showing up about an hour before I'm supposed to pick up the order to make sure it's actually being made because we've shown up and they haven't even started before. Wow, yeah. I mean, 100, 100 meals, yeah, that uh... – Awesome. That yeah. is not the answer so you, I expected. Well, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> you could imagine uh, what what I thought whenever I showed up, and they were like, "Oh yeah, we haven't started, and I was supposed to have it there in thirty minutes." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that that's definitely the most uh, challenging and reoccurring challenge that I deal with. Okay. All right. Last question of the pick six. What's the most, and this could have to do with equipment. This could just be in your regular life, whatever. There's no uh, answer it however you want. What is the most annoying question that people ask you? Oh, um, I don't get this question a ton, but I know that it is a big question. Like in the industry is like, what do you do? as an equipment manager. And the, the answer to that question more is what don't we do? Cause we're, we, we get asked to do a lot of things down here. You know, it's not just doing laundry and getting game jerseys ready. There's just countless random little things that we have to get done. And usually we pull through on it. You guys always do it. Thanks so much. Will Walker, Director of Equipment Operations at Northwest, always delivering. That team, I mean, they have a great track record, the whole equipment department, and it seems like you don't think they could top what they did the last time, and they just keep doing it. Just just incredible stuff. I'm excited to see the uniforms, uniform combinations, different things this fall. Something I'm waiting on, by the way, <clears throat> hint, hint. Would love to see the green helmet return. Just for a game, whatever. Love that. I mean, I love the cats. That was really cool, um, you know, from a couple of years ago. Now, listen, I, I get why we have the white helmets, and I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm just talking pie the sky. What would I love to see? I'd love to see that. Yeah, we have the white helmets. You know, you can put all kinds of decals and stuff on them. I'm just saying it'd be cool one time to see the green helmet, you know, pie in the sky. I, but listen, shockingly, I know this is going to come as a big surprise that I don't get to decide <laughs> how the athletic department spends their money. Surprising. I don't even get to decide how I spend my money. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. We're closing in on the two-hour mark. Where am I? What's going on? And it's the 2023 edition, signing day edition of Bleeding Green. One final guest, and let's get to it. What's the strength of the Bearcats for years and years and years? It's defense. So let's end with a defensive player, linebacker from Gretna, Nebraska, Ethan Stewart. And Ethan, man, thank you so much for uh, coming on and, and joining me. Yeah, no problem. So tell me, let, let's just, I like to start at the beginning and talk about the beginning. Tell me about, um, you know, when you were younger, your childhood, I assume you, you played different sports. It wasn't just football. What, what sports did you play growing up? I always played soccer, like just like playing every other kid. Played soccer till about like beginning of middle school. 
and of course played football, tackle football since like third grade. And baseball when I was young, young, like T-ball, but I didn't really like that. So, like, and I also like wrestled a little bit when I was young, young. But other than that, it's, it's usually been like basketball and like soccer when I was young, and then track as I like, started to get older, like middle school, high school. And then I also swam during high school. It was probably my freshman, sophomore year. I swam, but then I had to quit since I had to get bigger football, so I wasn't gaining enough weight. Okay. Was football always kind of your favorite sport? Oh, yeah. I just loved to go and hit people, basically. <laughs> so were you always – I mean, did you, did you play all over the field? Were you always, were you always linebacker, or did you play other positions too? Well, since be like – when I was small, I was always a DN tight end. And so our sophomore year, we were, Gretna was a 4-3. And then we switched to a 3-4. So I, they moved me to the outside linebacker, which basically that year, I like played up, I was basically the stand-up DN. But then, yeah. So it, it, I, I still kind of play that, but it's more of like a backer. Role. But I've always played like DN when I was younger, and I just turned into backer like junior sophomore year. All right, all right, awesome. So when you look back at your at your high school career, do you have like a favorite game or a favorite play or something that that stands out to you? Probably like multiple. There's there's like the first uh, play of the season. We were playing uh, an Omaha team named Burt, and like the first play, I just I kind of. It was just like, I, I thought to myself, like, we had a crazy, like, dude, he's a crazy linebacker, small, like, five foot, like, three outside linebacker, like, my junior year. This is beginning, beginning of my senior year. And he was just like, he just go crazy. He just go flying around. That first play, I just thought, I was like, his name's Eddie. I was like, what would Eddie do? And when I first, like, went back and I saw the chance, I just took it and I just sat the QB. And then probably another. Uh, fair play would probably be or game would probably be the first game at Bellevue West. We were we were down, I believe, 23, 23 points to six minutes left in the game, and within six minutes, we scored three touchdowns, two onside or two uh two point conversions, uh onside like gun onside. And I blocked punt, and then our defense was going fourth down stops crazy it was just within six minutes we scored 26 points we won a field goal that game wow <laughs> that's that's pretty it was, crazy it was pretty crazy within six minutes we were just firing on all cylinders it was pretty crazy to be it man well and you guys won a state championship your junior year right yeah like junior like that one was fun too there's there's been a lot of fun games i played in like the the two state games are like amazing to play in like the first one it just it came down to like a last second like stop for it was probably they had like not quite sure maybe like 20 seconds left on the clock four four downs to get a touchdown they're on the 10 yard line and like they're they two yards away and one of our linebackers just came right up the middle smacked the kid and we, we made a goal line stand to win the game and then this year we Played the same team, Westside. And uh, so when we were playing, it was pro- it was 40, 
we lost to a field goal. It was 43-41, and they had a, a kicker that could kick. Like, anywhere on the field, he had, like, a 47, like, a 50, or, like, a third, like he, I, he could kick anywhere on the field, basically. And we gave, we gave up 28 points in the first quarter, this, this last state game. And then we held them to zero touchdowns for three quarters. And how they got from, uh, I think, 28 to 43 was all field goals. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, that kid, their kickers, I think, is going to Nebraska. I think I saw on Twitter because I remember seeing that play. And that was, of course, before I knew I was going to be talking to somebody from Gretna or or knew that we were going to have a, you know, somebody on the Bearcat team. So that was I know I know it's probably not a great memory because you guys lost the game. But but it was that was a crazy game. Yeah, it was just and like we like our team just I don't know what we just like can't we we'd be down and we just come back and just win the game somehow like. I don't know if it was just like a relentlessness or something. It was just or like our like drive never to win and never give up. It was a bit like it was just like crazy. Since we we were down, I think by fourteen, maybe a little more within the game, and then we just we actually came back to like start to win, like first time leading the game with it with two one and a half minutes left on the clock, and then they just drove down the field, gotten decent field goal range for him and just put it right through the uprights which kind of like still stings but. right i'm sure i'm sure well uh and well we talk about you know there's always uh you know there's a little bit of magic kind of for the bearcats so over the years and uh you know i've been a fan for for 20 years plus and uh you know we had a game this year where where there was uh um you know we had to go the length of the field and like 18 seconds or something like that, two passes and, and kicked a walk off field goal. So that was, it seems like a lot of that's happened over the years. So, so uh, yeah, I think there's, there's some magic uh, for the Bearcats too. And maybe you'll help bring a little bit more, a little bit more with you. Yeah. It's, it's been uh, like, I've been, a, yeah, like I said, there's been a lot of fun games to play in these uh, two years. And we've, uh, our seniors, we finished, I think twenty four and two or twenty four and two for me as a starter and thirty and four over three years. Wow. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, and then we like I think we won our first we we won our first like state championship for in, for like the high school. Mm-hmm. Too, which was pretty we make like making history like that. It's pretty cool. Nice. Well, tell me about as you're getting ready for games. Are you are you a superstitious guy? Do you have any like rituals? That, like, do you wear the same socks or anything like that? What do you, what do you do pregame? Uh, I want to say I'm a big like ritual guy. I'm like I, I like to wear like the my same stuff. Like my like I have like a game socks. Like I guess you call that. But, like those are just like socks I only wear a game day. And like I have a girdle I only wear a game day, just because like I don't want to ruin that stuff in like practice. But I guess you could say that is ritual, but I don't really like. I'm not really like big, you know. You know what I'm saying with that. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. So, uh, what about on the field? Uh, wh- what are your? What do you think your strengths are as a player? I'd probably say my strengths are like versatility, since, like I said, I played DN all through like childhood till junior year, and then we like switched to three four and then. Like, I played linebacker, so 
And then that season from junior to senior year, I just worked with my uh, friend who's like a DB and receiver, just on like DB drills basically. So I could like move and stuff like that fairly good. And they, and they all paid off. It's like that uh, the senior year, like we played some teams that are just high caliber teams. But like dudes that can throw the ball and like and some uh, receivers that are really good. And like there would be there would be like games where I'd have to man up a slot like probably ninety like percent of the time be manned up, and there'd be other games where we like would play like powerhouse teams just run like midline ISO and stuff like that, and I'd be like playing against like a tight end and like being a DN just like like not spilling but like taking on polars and stuff like that. Is there? Do you have a favorite player? Or is there somebody that you kind of model your game after? Uh, not really. I try to like try to just be good all around. Like I, I like to look at like pass rush. Like TJ Watt is nice. Like the pass rush, but like I like to look at like DBs and how like they move out there. So I try to look at multiple kit, like multiple people. And then like I like I like probably like the mentality of, like. Kobe Bryant and stuff like that. I like, like that mentality. Okay. What was the recruiting process like for you? And then why ultimately was Northwest the, the right choice for you? Uh, I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of things that just drew me to Northwest. Uh, they're a winning program. And I, like I came from a winning program and there's a, just a great culture around there. And great coaches that have been through the program, been a part of the program. And that's like been there for a long time, which I really like, which means they'll probably still be there for a long time. So I don't want to go to a school that will, I'll go there with a different coach staff and they'll like transfer, they'll go out to find a different job and won't be there. Won't go to like a school, like they'll have the same coaches that'll want to leave. And like their defense is kind of similar to Gretna's. Since our DC, he got our defense basically from Northwest, where the D line was spilled to the outside linebackers, but like there's four in Northwest and three for Gretna. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically what I do now, but in college, what I'm going to be doing in college. Okay. What do you like to do off the field? Do you have any hobbies or what do you do away from football? Oh, uh, I like to spend time with my friends and like, we've been trying to play poke. We're trying, we're learning poker from, uh, Ooh, yeah, we've been learning poker, and then I play NCA thirteen. I like to lift. I'm like, I'm taking a class in the high school right now. I'm really interested interested in like small engines and like that, fixing them, and all sorts of things like that. Okay. Well, what do you do? You know what you're planning on majoring in at Northwest? I'm kind of like open. I'm like, I'm either going to be going into biology with wild or wildlife conservation ag anything like ag ag business ag science something like that or like business like finance like that type of deal but like like i said i'm pretty open awesome well ethan that's all i have for you i certainly appreciate you making uh, making time and, and we're so glad to have you part of the uh, bearcat family and and excited to see uh you know where your career takes you yeah i'm excited too i mean that's just good stuff right there thank you so much to ethan all of my guests on this week's edition of Bleeding Green, boy, there was there was a lot of moving parts, and uh, I, 
you know, I had this idea. I was hoping, you know, it would be something good. And I think it was, I hope, I hope, I truly hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as I have putting it together. I probably say that a lot, but, but I'll be honest. I don't know that I've enjoyed an episode, all of the individual interviews as much as I have this one. And, and I am, you know, I truly mean that this was a lot of fun. This is, this is such a cool time. I, I'll be honest with you. I didn't used to love signing day that much. Like, okay, it's signing day, whatever, you know, we're going to, there, there'll be, you know, guys that we'll never hear from again or whatever. And while that may be true, um, it's such a cool moment though. If you look kind of inside and people are something that interests me. I think that's probably apparent if you, if you've listened to this very long is, you know, I'm interested in people and their stories and, you know, what they like and what they're interested in. And it was so neat interviewing these young men. Cause if you think about it, you know, it's such a great moment, such a, it's a culmination of 18 years plus for the transfers, right. Of getting to, an elite program like Northwest and, and being a part of this, being a part of the Bearcat family. And it's, uh, it's, it's just really neat kind of getting to share some of that, especially when it's so new talking to some of these young men the day after or a few days after signing day is, uh, you know, and it's, it's so exciting for them and, uh, it's, it's so exciting for their families. It's just, it's just a great, it's just a great time. And it was, it was really cool for me to, to kind of peek behind the curtain and experience that a little bit. And I hope I was able to bring just a little bit of that to this week's episode. And uh, by the way, if you're new to this thing, if you've never listened to Bleeding Green before, if you're coming here because maybe one of the new, um, you know, one of the new signings is a, a family member, friend, something like that, welcome. Thank you so much for, uh, for giving me a chance, for giving Bleeding Green a chance, and hopefully you've enjoyed it. If you want to learn more about Northwest, there's a lot of different ways you can do that. Bearcat Rewind, by the way, is a great podcast. No affiliation. I just give credit where it's due. And Matt and John do a spectacular job. Interview all kinds of people, not just football, where this is specifically focused on the football team. But there's a lot of great episodes you can go back and check out. So you can, however you're listening to this podcast, whether it's on one of the apps, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever, you can go to bleedinggreenpodcast.com, my website, and uh, spread the word as well. And, and, uh, you know, it's, but really, if you're new, here's what I want to do. I mean, this episode, I think, is a is a pretty good microcosm of what I want this podcast to be. And it's, one, to focus on the positives. There's a lot of negative everywhere. <laughs> everywhere you turn and look, you can find plenty of that. You don't, you don't have to look for that. I think it's a little bit more difficult sometimes to look at things that are positive. And, and that's certainly what I strive for. I don't know that I accomplish that all of the time, but one thing you're not going to hear is somebody calling out people on this podcast. That just isn't going to happen. And, um, one, that's not really the kind of fan that I am. Not that I am not a passionate fan and don't have opinions, but, um, you know, this podcast very intentionally is something that I want everybody to be able to listen to, to be proud of, and to, I don't know, exemplify, <laughs> you know, the, the positiveness around the program. 
you know, Northwest is more about wins and losses. You know, there's more to this Bearcat family than that. Yes, that's what it's about, right? And that's what everybody, hey, these young men are coming here to win a national championship. You know what I mean? That's, that's what, that's what these coaches are here for. Let's, I'm not saying that that's not the case, but, um, you know, there, there is something special and I, I hope we never lose that. That's, it makes Northwest different and, and special. And some of the things that, that are kind of good examples of that are some of the former players and coaches and other things that, that I've you know been able to chat with and, and talk to about Bearcat football on this podcast. So ever want to check that out, you're definitely welcome to do that. A couple of thank yous besides all of my guests. Big thank you to the athletic department, by the way, who, uh, you know, there's no affiliation here. They certainly don't have to be as welcoming and as helpful as they are. And, and I certainly appreciate it a lot. I could not have pulled this off without their help, certainly helping me get in touch with these young men. And uh, hopefully I was able to spotlight some of them. There wasn't time to talk about every single um, recruit. And, and I'll be honest, I don't know them all well enough to be able to do that. That's why I'm really, you know, focused on, on bringing other people in um, to talk about that. But you know, if, if somebody didn't get mentioned there, there's, it's not intentional on my part. Um, you know, and, and there were certainly other players that I wanted to get on the podcast that I wasn't able to do that. And, uh, but this was a lot of fun. This is something that's going to make a return next year for sure. Um, you know, I, I if there was a way <laughs> to successfully do 32 different interviews and have it, have it on here, um, I'm not saying I'm definitely not committing to something like that, but, um, but you know, that, that, that was really cool. This was a lot of fun. I, I certainly hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. So a couple of other things now that I got all the mushy stuff out of the way, a couple, <laughs> a couple of other things that I wanted to talk about, um, here before we wrap things up. One is, is, uh, you know, to highlight again, Andrew Theobald coming back, which is really big. Um, you know, with, with Mitch Goff, the anchor of that offensive line, having Theobald coming back is huge. We get all five starters back and really you're, you're getting seven, eight guys that played significant snaps in the offensive line coming back. That's not something that we had last year. I think that's, that's big. Um, and that's, you know, those aren't the, the sexy names as, you know, some of the skill position players, but I'm telling you, they, they will be um, key to what this offense is able to do this fall. And that, that's, that's a big one. Getting the ball back is big. That, that's, uh, you know, that's, that was some good news. Other news, Lincoln leaving the MIAA, um, you know, anybody that schedules Lincoln this fall, although, you know, they're kind of sticking around as a non-conference opponent potentially, but we saw Pitt go out and sign, you know, a game with Sioux Falls. That's pretty spectacular. How about this? Just, just throwing this out there. How about Northwest and Truman? How about the Battle of the Hickory Stick coming back? Now, listen, I have no idea on open dates or anything. I haven't even looked at that, so I don't know. I have no idea here. But just the idea of that is pretty exciting. But I, I think it's a good thing that Lincoln's leaving. I think, you know, I am no fan of the uh, of the silo scheduling. That's something I've <laughs> probably made that pretty clear. If I haven't, here you go. I don't like the silo scheduling, and I hope the MIAA does not add another football school at some point. I think we're at a good number, ten games. You get your get your out of conference uh, out of conference opponent. I, I think that's perfect. It's going to help your strength of schedule. I think you know with the regional rankings and things. Although it it hasn't really hurt us at this point. You know you've seen other places it kind of has. So you know if you can go out and, and schedule somebody, I mean, you know, 
you know, how many great times and great games do you remember, you know, against the Kingsvilles and Abilene Christians and Saginaw Valleys and all of these, you know, games that, you know, it's cool. Sometimes you get an extra bonus road trip as a fan. I love that stuff. Love, love the road trips. So that's pretty fun. So that'll be interesting to see. I'm kind of interested to see kind of what happens between now and then. And, uh, you know, if, if we're able to, if we have to play Lincoln or if we're able to go out and, and schedule somebody else, that's, uh, that's exciting stuff. I hope so. But well, that's, you know, this thing is turning into a big time marathon. I'll be honest though. <laughs> it was a little shorter than I thought it was going to be. You know, with me, there's, there's always the possibility of this thing going long and, uh, I'm surprised I was able to keep it under two and a half hours, to be honest with you. So we're well within that. Um, again, if, if uh, you know, you want to share this podcast with anybody you think would enjoy it, there's lots of episodes to catch up on. If, if you're relatively new in the past year or so to Bleeding Green, you can go check that out. Uh, the website's a great way to share it, especially with folks that aren't real tech savvy or... You know, I mean, I think every, pretty much everybody's got a smartphone. Even my dad has a smartphone. That was a, that was a big deal last year. Anyway, uh, big big story in, in 2022 in, in the uh, in the Daniel family. But uh, <laughs> that you know, you can always go to bleedinggreenpodcast.com. That's one of the reasons I have the website. It's a great way to direct people, get them there, and from there you can see it's pretty much everywhere you listen to podcasts. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts is pretty much everywhere. So we definitely encourage you to to if you're already not subscribe. You know, get the get the notifications. It's every other week this off season, and I'm super excited, by the way, to announce that in two weeks I will have the uh, fourth ever player, fifth overall All American in Northwest history, and he's still number six on the all time uh, sack list. Eric Peterson, who is uh, so cool to have him on. You know, that's one of the things I've been trying to. There's been a conscious effort of looking back pre Mel Churchma. You know, that's something I don't think that gets done enough sometimes. And so uh, there's Eric was a great player. His son's playing at Tulane. That's a pretty cool thing, his son Parker. And so, uh, but, you know, a guy that's a big part of Northwest history, he still, you know, followed Northwest and and uh, and everything. That's that's pretty cool. And so anyway, get to learn a little bit of Northwest history and, and some of the great players, too, that were kind of around in the late 80s, early 90s that we maybe – don't hear about a lot. Um, so, so that'll be exciting. I'm so excited to, to bring that episode to you. That one's been a little while in the making. I'm glad we were able to finally get together and get that one and, and lots of other stuff coming up this off season. So, so stay tuned for all of that. There's, there's ways you can do that via social media. Um, underscore bleeding underscore green is the Twitter page for the podcast. Throw the, throw it a follow and, and, uh, you know, get your, get your notifications whenever you can. Also the bleeding green podcast, Facebook page. If you're on the Northwest fan page, I always try to share when I have new episodes and, and things like that as well. And I always trying to get more content out to you and be a little more active on social media. I know that's something I, I definitely need to work on. That's one of my goals for, uh, for 2023, but thank you so much. I, I truly appreciate you being a part of this. And, uh, again, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for coming along on this ride. That's going to do it for this edition of Bleeding Green, Beers, Burgers, and Bearcat Football. I'm your host, Matt Daniel. And as always, go Bearcats. Bearcats.